Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Reductopocephalo Podcast. The only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. Thought I was going to say great there, but it's awesome. That's the line. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriart Podcast Networks. And as always, we are brought to you tonight by the amazing, the delicious, the deadly... The Deadly Grounds Coffee, or just Deadly Grounds. I added the, the, it's just Deadly Grounds Coffee. And they are, of course, as we know, coffee to die for. They sure are, Ken. And also and also to drink. I'm your host, Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve Van Samson, a.k.a. Steve of Destruction, though nobody calls me that. With me, as always, are my hilariously, uh, but not quite as good as the first one's uh, cohorts. Uh, I don't know if that made sense. Nintendo. Let's locos kick your ass. Let's locos kick your face. Let's locos kick your balls into outer space. Your mother was a snowblower. Yes. And of course, eight bit alchemy. There are some things that man was not meant to splice. Like like porringes or or schmangerines. What can't you splice? You can splice anything. There are some things that you are not meant to. Like, you can splice whatever you want, but were you meant to? Uh, Grapeleberries? Grappleberries? I don't know. Sharkleberry fins. That's how you get a purple Saurus Rex. That's That's the way. That is the the tried recipe. That is true. But we are not here to talk about age-old Kool-Aid flavors. (laughs) Kool-Aid. That you can't. No, nay-nay. Tonight we are here uh, to talk about movie sequels that uh, we specifically think are um, worthy of being sequels and worthwhile. And uh, you know, maybe some are as good as the first one. Maybe some are better. Maybe some. Or maybe are they're just good in a different way. Right. You know? Maybe they're just good in a different way. But these are these are movies sequels that are not total crap, and they definitely deserve uh, a watch if you are a fan of the first one. So, um, you know, getting getting just kind of everybody into the, the theme of this, I think just to start things off, I am going to mention. So we've each picked two um, and yes. these these here are not either of my two. I just want to mention them because I think they are the most like easily widely recognizable great sequels. I, th- I think objectively pretty much everybody thinks that these are better than the first one and that and not everybody, everybody, but they're widely regarded as being great sequels. Uh, and that's of course, star Wars episode five, the empire strikes back and star Trek Two: the wrath of Khan. <laughs> Never seen the wrath of Khan. I've only heard the wrath of Khan, but I would have to agree with empire strikes back. I mean, that one's just a, uh, a no brainer. Uh, I feel like yeah. um, I feel like also Indiana Jones as well had uh, had a pretty worthwhile. Well, you know, it's there. funny because not everybody loves Temple of Doom. I think that really? that one has come around and become more popular later. Oh, interesting. Um, but it was it was not necessarily a hugely loved movie uh, back in the day. But I think that um, it definitely a hundred percent has its fans, though. Yeah, but yeah. I mean. Wrath of Khan is, I mean, I am more of a Star Wars fan than a Star Trek fan. Uh, Joe right. is more of a Star Same. Trek fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I personally think, I mean, I love Empire, um, you know, but Wrath of Khan is like, 
a billion times better than the first one. Like, oh yeah, I, I, like the difference. Like, no question. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because with Star Trek specifically, that movie, I have a, I don't, I don't really like that movie. I, I'm going to say I don't really like it at all. Like the mm. first one, yeah. um, I, I think that it exists just to sort of exist, right? Like people were like so excited that it was going to be made. They were writing the script of that movie as they were already filming. They, they didn't have much of a plot and it kind of shows like the first half of it doesn't really have any plot. It's just about, you know, reintroducing all these characters and, and the ship and the, and all the stuff that, you know, it's like, Oh man, you know, and I'm sure as a Star Trek fan, this was, this was like the biggest thing ever you know, the show had been canceled and then you're getting a movie somehow. And it's like, got to feel like the greatest thing ever. Like and a I, decade I wanna... later, like, like 10 years after. Yeah. I don't want to take away from ended. it at all. That's yeah. amazing. That is really freaking cool. But you know, and I loved the original series when I was a kid uh, watching it in reruns and stuff when I mm -hmm. saw it in the eighties, but I don't know this, this first movie just, I, I do not see the greatness in it at all. Um, yeah. I just think it's, it's just there to be worshipful. It's like, yay. And that's, that's the point. But Star Trek yeah. two has a very clear story. There's a lot going on. I mean, it gets, it does have its cheesiness for sure, but like, there's a great villain. I mean, I mean, for sure. That's, that's the biggest thing I think probably, I mean, Khan is great and, and it's yeah. fun too. I don't know if you know this, Tim, you probably do, but I know you said you hadn't seen it, but they did pull Khan from one of the episodes and yeah. as played by Ricardo Montalban, mm -hmm. uh, which is fun as hell. They're like, let's mm -hmm. go to this one. He was a one episode bad guy, which yeah. is cool. I assumed that he was like a bigger bad guy from the series. He was I didn't know episode. that he was yeah, just like a one off. The, the thing with, with the original Star Trek series is they didn't really have like one major villain. Hmm. It was just monster of the week. Every time right. every single, right. Yeah, it was just every week they were doing different adventures and stuff. There was no like recurring Right, characters or anything. Or, just, yeah, no just arcing, in it from one episode. Yeah, no arcing stories. Unlike with anything. with the next generation, where you had Q, he was like technically the villain, and yeah. he appeared in more than one episode, like several episodes. Right, he was he was a very you know he was a chaotic neutral. He was like a trickster. You just yeah Loki. It's like you yeah. didn't know where he was gonna land in in that episode. And it was always fun, but yeah, they had they had arcing villains. They had the Borg. They had, you know, no, no, just stuff. I don't know. I can't. I can't remember. But um, yeah. they had they had more with Next Generation for sure. But yeah, yeah, Rathacon was was vastly improved. Uh, it 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 was it was much much better, and so I think it's rightfully uh, celebrated as a great sequel. And of course, Empire Strikes Back. I don't think we need to say too much. I mean. It's, you know, of the original trilogy, my favorite's always just going to be Return of the Jedi, which I know is like not as popular as Empire, but Empire is my second favorite. Right. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, it has it has Hoth. The whole, the whole Hoth sequence is is my favorite. You know, it, it has my favorite creatures. I mean, of of all like my favorites, the Tauntaun and uh, I love the Wampa and I just love all the stuff on Hoth so much. You know, it introduced us to the the walkers. It introduced us to the snow speeder and that amazing sequence where they trip up the the, the adats. I mean, it's just it's it's second nature now. But like that was really unique. You know, yeah, that was, that yeah. Was no kidding. Very different than the first movie. First movie was desert and space. Mm -hmm. 
And then, so like, it's not like you saw multiple planets, right? Not in the first one. So desert and space, Tunisia and space. So it's like, I don't know, like this is, this is so freaking different. And, um, and it was off, you know, off of the bang. It was just, a, it was just an amazing. And honestly, you know, who, who isn't like, who is going to forget that scene when Han cuts open the Tauntaun and lets the warm guts like save Luke's life. That is nuts. That is so yeah. gross and crazy. And like, <laughs> what other thing has ever done? Like, unless it's copied it. Like that scene is exactly just so freaking iconic and yeah. so great. Right. But anyway, so yeah. I think like just quick mention of those two amazing sequels. Uh, also, you know, the, the both sides of the Star Wars, Star Trek. Um, they both were the number two movie and they are both a lot of people's favorites. Kind of funny yep. how it uh, works out. But um, yeah, so I think we, we can go on. I will pick I will uh, go last in, in the sequence. So um, who wants to go first? Doesn't really matter. Don't matter to me. I'll go first. OK, bit. Cool. Yeah, man. All right, guys. So, uh, so the movie that I'm going to mention today uh, is is actually what my quote was from at the beginning, and that is Gremlins 2, the new yes. batch. Yes, um, love this, this movie. movie. This movie the came out in 1990. Batch. The new batch. New batch. <laughs> this is that. This is that. Um, so, uh, Gremlins 2 came out in 1990. Uh, I was born in 1991, and I grew up with this movie. Uh, this was a movie that I watched a ton growing yeah. up, and I remember having the VHS. I remember the box art. Just I still to this day adore the box art of like the leather executive chair with the claw marks in the back and the yep. gremlin hand smoking a cigar. Gizmo just shoved in the in the drawer there, like <laughs> super super freaking iconic. Yeah, great. And uh, and and this movie was my only introduction to Gremlins at all as a property because Gremlins, the original from 84, was like definitely way more of a horror movie granted yeah you know both of these movies are still horror comedies you know the whole point of it is to be zany and whatever but the original definitely had more horror elements and i just i didn't have access to it it wasn't really appropriate um but gremlins 2 it's like the whole movie's just like right gags. because you were you were like little little i was little like i was probably watching five, this when i was four, like five seven. yeah five or whatever three two one Five, four, three, two, one. Uh, you know, I obviously loved Gizmo. He's friggin' adorable. Um, but also, like, you know, all things considered, he's not actually in the movie that much. You know, you're really just seeing a whole lot of the gremlins in the second one just doing weird, goofy shit, you know, getting exposed to all these different elements, changing up. Like it was it was very fun in that sense of like, okay, uh, you know, you have all these different gremlins that like some some of them look very distinct. Some of them look kind of you know generic. But there's like all these mutations that happen yeah. throughout the movie. So it it made it really fun for me in that respect because it made all the scenes extremely memorable. And like honestly, I I don't think I've seen Gremlins two for a very long time. I mean, well over ten years. And um, you know, I I just watched it again before the podcast, and I mean, I I could still quote it. Like I could still 
remember like as soon as the scene started playing i was like oh my god like <laughs> it just it all was right there and i'm like okay i remember this the tuna noodle casserole and the bologna bean dip and this friggin you know uh you know the just tuna noodle casserole tuna noodle cheese product <laughs> casserole surprise <laughs> this, all these all these ridiculous quotes i'm like jesus christ how does my brain still remember <laughs> was, your, this was your quote uh the christopher lee line yes nice. yes Yes, uh, very, very rare comedic appearance by the very rare. I mean, this was my introduction to Christopher Lee, guys. Like, it's fucking crazy, right? Like, I I didn't know him from a hole in the wall. And like, I was just like, okay, whatever. He's, you know, one of the mad scientist guys. And it's like, oh, he's like a super respected actor. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like it's a great role for him. You know, for those name, his name. Dr. Catheter. Oh yeah, Doctor Catheter. That's right. I feel like they barely say it, but yeah, you're right. Oh my god, so freaking funny. Um, so like, I mean, this movie, you know, basically to to kind of get to why it's such an incredibly great sequel, it's like, okay, you know, Joe Dante made Gremlins in '84 mm-hmm. and was like, all right, great, you know, I'm gonna do a horror comedy. You know, I have this idea. You know, you have the Mogwai. They're cute. They get wet. They they multiply. You feed them after midnight. They turn into Gremlins. All hell breaks loose. You know, it, they terrorize a town. Uh, you know, there people are trying to deal with it. There's plenty of funny moments. I mean, the acorn stairlift is like the greatest scene in any movie. And you know, like there's there's a lot of wait, wait, funny. What what scene is that? It's the it's the scene where like there's the stairlift, like the old lady sitting in the stairlift that like uh-huh. is the chair that like ramps oh, and her it launches off. her. Yeah, and and it like gets they overpower it. They like yeah. overcharge the stairlift and it like zips up the staircase and just launches the grandma out the attic. It's just like <laughs> just like it goes way too fast. It's just it's just it's like it's cool. it's very obviously a funny the mom movie. Uh, microwaves one of them. Right, the mom microwaves one of them, and uh, you know a li- maybe, I don't know. I actually don't know when Maniac Mansion came out, but that feels related in some kind of way. Uh, um, but, you know, it's like, this movie's funny. This is a thing that I did. Cool, I'm done. You know, and then it's like, he he never wanted to do a sequel unless he could really do it like, like how he did it. Like, really lean into the references, be self-aware, break the fourth wall, be mm-hmm. goofy as fuck with it, still have some horror aspects, but really play up the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's totally what he did. And it, it spun it into such a different movie that you, you got myself included, but a whole new audience that was watching right, it right. because of, you know, the content, because it's just like, it, it really appealed to a totally different demographic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, Gremlins two was six years later, and I mean, there there's so many great references throughout it. I mean, you have like Gizmo turning into Rambo at the end. You have like the yeah, you have the gremlin that's melting at the end. And we got the witch hat. It's like I'm melting. What a world! <laughs> like there's all these funny things you got. Like, but my favorite uh, gag is when the the film melts. Yeah. And the gremlins are doing the shadow puppets and shit. And like the one does Abe Lincoln, <laughs> like it like right. makes the super tall hat. It's like, what the fuck? How'd you do that? <laughs> and then, and then like the, the woman wa- like storms out of the theater with her daughter and complains to the, the guy at the movie theater. It's like, this sequel's way worse than the original. And it's like, excuse me, ma'am, we don't make the movies. We just show them. <laughs> and uh. then like, and then, and then, uh, the, the the guy who's up in the the you know the room playing the actual film reel storms down he's got like you know cuts on his face and shit because the gremlins took over yeah. and he's just like so fed up with everything and he's like 
you know, screw this. He's like, they've taken over there. There's no stopping them. And so then the, the employees just like, well, screw this and storms into the audience and just gets Hulk Hogan, who's sitting there in the theater to, to demand that the gremlins put the movie back on. <laughs> it's like it's Hulk Hogan version. Cause we, yeah. we talked about this uh, in an in other episode of our podcast that there's uh, there's two versions of that scene and the home video version was John Wayne. And it's, it's, they go and they get John Wayne and they alter footage of a John Wayne movie. And, and he's like, all right, well, I'm gonna get those guys or whatever John Wayne said. And then like, you know, he does it. But in the movie theater, it was Hulk Hogan who was sitting in a theater. So you watched what? So this is so, so, okay. So, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. When I was a kid, the version that we had was the one with John Wayne. Right. But when I watched it on HBO, they have the Hulk Hogan version. Gotcha. Weird. So, uh, and also actually the, the scene is a little bit different even more so than that. So the, oh, the John sure. Wayne version has uh, when the, when the gremlins are doing shadow puppets, it actually, it looks like their hands are like in static, almost like they're manipulating like the white noise of the screen or something. Whereas in the Hulk Hogan version, it, it truly just looks like a puppet show. Like it's like a mm-hmm. white background and it looks like the shadows of the gremlins are on it <laughs> instead of being like this weird static interruption, which I didn't even recognize until, you know, just looking at them side by side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I actually totally forgot about the John Wayne one. And yeah. that's the only reason I know the John Wayne impression. Cause I've oh, not yeah. seen a single John Wayne thing, but it's like, oh, howdy, Bill Grubb, and you better get up. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like that whole draw. Get along, like, little doggies. Get along, little doggies. And doggy. he says, Pilgrim, I guess. Yeah, Bill Grubb. And yeah, and there's the, the two gremlins. Oh, they they brand the cow. They brand the cow with the gremlin logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I mean, both versions are are awesome. I think I I probably like the John Wayne one better, but seeing the Hulk Hogan one today, I didn't remember the other version. I was like, oh yeah, I, like when it happened, I was like, oh Hulk Hogan, okay, all right. Like I remember this scene taking place, but I love that whole thing. Like that's so smart and funny and just out there. Um, and and I mean the other thing I think that is so worthwhile about the movie is that the effects are great. Oh my god! Oh yeah! Like the the puppets, the it's fucking gremlins ridiculous. look so goddamn it's awesome. It's so like easy ev- to forget that they're puppets. Yeah, it's yes. Like they, so yes. They have so much emotion. I mean, the brain gremlin is so well done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh well, I think that we should maybe <laughs> talk about the problems of society, don't you? Mm-hmm. Oh well, I have something to say to you. Ah, you have a problem with going outside in the daytime. Well, it's like he's just fucking awesome. Yeah, like he's Tony Randall, so good. So yeah, good. and it's like, what an awesome puppetry job. And and I mean. You know the friggin' puppet of the the bat gremlin, oh and, my God. and and when when Mohawk becomes the spider, the spider it's like the bat. The bat shit. is my favorite, just aesthetically. Oh yeah, yes. I, yeah, I love the bat. Like, is even the face awesome? Not just yeah. the fact that it has wings. The face is very different. Face is very and, different. Uh, yep. It's really just a bummer that it, it that the the bat sequence is so short. But of course, it's hilarious when he busts through the wall and makes the Batman symbol. The Batman symbol is so funny. That's another one of yeah. those like just pure cartoony moments but it's just yep. so funny so and yeah then, I like think he, the first movie didn't quite go like full cartoon this was just went full cartoon right it, yeah. it went full cartoon zaniness yeah um you know and, and and plenty of of you know 
like groan inducing jokes, but they are actually funny. You know, it's like, oh, they go to the Canadian restaurant and they have chocolate mousse and it's literally like a sculpture of a moose made out of chocolate. Oh, and yeah. It's just like like that kind of stuff. That's so that, funny. And that dumb. honestly. OK, so pause for a second. That scene is so fucking funny because really, like they go to a restaurant that is Canadian, Canadian Mountie themed themed <laughs> and and apparently it's just a Canadian restaurant. I've never seen a Canadian restaurant. No, I, think I don't that's know if the there show. are Canadian restaurants. Uh, just, I know. So they're like, let's make the funniest, goofiest, silliest restaurant theme, theme that we yeah. can and have it be this sexy scene where the redhead lady is trying. Is her name like Marsha or something? It's, it's, like, it's Marla Bloodstone, um, Marla. which is such a good name. Good. Just a quality name. Quality name. Better than shithouse. Better than, um, way better than shithouse. Oh, way better. Yeah. Um, and Marla's like, like sticking like, her leg up Billy's, like, you know, thigh, being like, uh, "Oh, Billy, yeah, we she's all Billy seducing far. him and stuff, and she's yeah. so hot and and powerful and strong, and and she takes him to this fucking goofy as fuck Canadian <laughs> Mountie place. I know, like this hot, hot, steamy business date that they're going on, and and, <laughs> and they're like, we're gonna go to the dorkiest goddamn like you know restaurant oh, ever, and Billy's right. just like, okay, yeah, the layers in this right. movie are great, yeah, super good, um. I uh, I always remembered thinking that of the initial like four Mogwai gremlins that there were, the one with the crazy bonkers cross eyes that's constantly laughing and throwing shit mm-hmm. always was genuinely freaky to me. Like I, the one who laughs constantly, ca- laughs constantly, constantly yeah. laughing, constantly goo goo, you know, crazy cross eyes, everything like that. That one and <clears throat> and especially when it became a gremlin. So it's it's uh, the three of them are besides Mohawk. It's George, Lenny, and Daffy. George Lenny, obviously named after the F. Mice and Men character. So George is kind of like the Al Capone one. Okay, Lenny so is, Daffy is uh, the one. The dumb one. The one who's like, oh, the one's like oh, Daffy oh. is the crazy one who's constantly yeah. laughing. So Daffy, like, genuinely was problematic. Like, I-, I felt like as a kid, I'm like, I really don't like this guy like he's creepy he's weird he's uncomfortable right he's gross i'm like right. like that was the one I, I and i said to steph when we were watching it earlier i was like you know honestly all the ones that are scary ones never scared me as a kid i just thought they were cool but like this friggin daffy one really was gross and 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 freaked me out a bit and especially when he's like he turns into a gremlin then he's in the pot of food and he's just like covered in in like messy food and it's just like oh gross well, it's, it's, so it's funny lame. knowing that his name's daffy because i didn't i didn't know that off the top of my head i just no i didn't but, i didn't um either. but you know he uh, old daffy duck old daffy duck original like 1930s daffy yep. duck when yep. he was way before he was like you know leaning into his i'm a selfish guy trying to one-up bugs bunny sort of a character he was just crazy. He was daffy. He was nuts. And he did that, like, you know, mm-hmm. laughing and jumping <laughs> on his head. <laughs> on his butt. And he was like, hoo, hoo, hoo. yeah, like yeah. this is similar, you know, sort and, of and, and you know, what's even even, you know, deeper is that at the top of this movie, I completely forgot they did a whole Bugs Bunny and Daffy gag with the Warner Bros logo. Yes, they did. Yeah. Which I didn't remember that was from this movie. I remember that gag. But I did not remember it was from this with Bugs, you know, being like, you know, on the logo and Daffy comes out. And he's like, why do you always get to ride on the shield? It's my turn. And then everything oh, yeah. just goes totally wrong. That's and right. he, he and, and like the shield, he's like, OK, reset it from the top. And the shield zooms way the fuck out. And he's like, this yeah. too far away. Get closer. And then it like smashes into the camera. And he's like, oh, come on. Can you break? And it's just <laughs> everything goes wrong. I'm like, oh, my God, that's such like 
a random thing that they decided <laughs> to have this like Looney Tunes fourth wall breaking gag at the top, like in the credits. Awesome. Awesome. So, nice. I mean, this, this movie's great. It's, it's definitely one of the all time <clears throat> best sequels. Uh, it spawned an incredibly awesome Nintendo game that yes. uh, I think most people who appreciate the Nintendo like this game, or at least have heard of it. Uh, if you haven't uh, gremlins Two. The new batch for the NES. It's it's very cool. It's like a top-down, yes. you know, shooter game. You play as Gizmo. The graphics are great. You go through, a, fight a bunch of the different, you know, uh, gremlins from the movie. Yep. Get a bunch of different, you know, weapons that that tie in and stuff. Um, you know, like you you use bouncy tomatoes, and there's a scene in the movie where there's a bouncing tomato. Like they the the in the the main location of the movie is this giant sky rise building that's called clamp center and uh the main guy is daniel clamp and he's just kind of like this like you know super billionaire guy but he's like kind of aloof but also in a lovable way like he like he's genuinely trying to do so many things yeah well without really knowing exactly what he's doing but he he has like a ton of heart like i feel like daniel clamp is is actually very likable and yeah, on purpose absolutely he's he, great he, john glover uh, yeah, did john a great glover. job mm-hmm. i mean this is my favorite john glover role uh i always think of this movie yeah um you know when he showed up on smallville i'm like gremlins too when he shows up on anything i'm like gremlins too yep totally. um this guy is just literally uh he's 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 awesome in everything and uh i have never seen him in a heroic role other than right. in this movie Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he's sort of like the uh, the above it all CEO who for the first time has to get his hands dirty and ends up kind of liking it and then right. rolls up his sleeve and he's like, no, let's do this. I, right. I like this. I'm going to. Yeah, let's do this. And he ends up be, being really great. So he's yep. uh, he's kind of a three dimensional character. You know, he's 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 cool. I'm 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 glad you mentioned <laughs> Clamp. Yeah, I wasn't gonna let you stop without, without right, him. right. I know because I, I love it, him in this. Movie. It's so easy to get talking about so many different things in this movie. But because yeah, Billy I mean, uh, Zach Galligan's character, Billy Peltzer, is really, I mean, I mean, he doesn't really feel like the hero of this movie, right? Like he happens to know about the Gremlins. He he is knowledgeable about all of it, but there's so much POV in this movie from all these different characters and just from the gremlins. I mean, you get so many scenes that are just the gremlins doing shit and that you're like, you know, it's not like, yeah, Billy's not saving the day, you know, there's definitely a team effort and yeah, like Daniel clamp does, you know, a lot of the big, big lifting, heavy lifting towards the end of it. He gets all excited. He's like, I can finally use my secret exit. He gets to go up in oh, this yeah, like, yeah. secret <laughs> like telephone right. booth thing that like lifts up from the sack. Right. And <laughs> right. Uh, also uh, gotta at least mention uh, Dick Miller. Oh yeah. Murray. As Murray. Murray Futterman who is uh, the neighbor in the first one. And yep. Dick Miller is just uh, just a hell of a character actor. He, he did a yeah, lot he's like of a, He's a film legend. He's been in so many freaking movies. Yeah. Yeah, he's like all of four foot ten and uh, or something. He was really small guy, Damn. but he he was uh, he was in. Let me see, um, hundred and eighty four things, Jeez. and a lot of them wow. like fifties and sixties. I mean, like he was in a lot of freaking stuff. Fifties, sixties, oh seventies. Holy shit! Yeah, he was in a lot of stuff in the seventies, all the way up. Like he just would be one of those. He turned into one of those guys who was on like one episode of every show and uh, and stuff. But he um, he was in a ton of freaking movies. Um, 
and he is just awesome in this movie. He is much mm-hmm. better in this movie than in the first one. He was in the first one, obviously, but in this one, he's he's just great. He's like he's super freaking shell shocked, traumatized by the fir- the events of the first movie. Right. He's just he's so, so on edge on and just edge. like he's yeah. like those little things are gonna come back. And it's like, and the wife's like Murray, you know that'll never happen again. Remember what the psychiatrist remember said? what the therapist said. Yeah. Yeah. And then it does happen. It does happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, and he's just like he's like I'm not I'm not crazy. He's like I'm not cra- I never was. I, <laughs> I, was not, I was never crazy. And yeah, he's he's awesome. I always remembered him. If I see that, if I see him in anything, Dick Miller, yeah, I'm always thinking sure. of, of Gremlins. Uh, you know, I, I think of the scene where he's fighting the Bat One. Yep. yep um, that's, and yeah, uh, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, there's 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 a ton of cool Gremlins. The one that I always really liked was there's the electric Gremlin, and they sure. basically infused him with electricity, and they they animated him in, as a cartoon style. Right. Um, every time he was jumping around, and he ends up being like kind of a pivotal role for the whole movie, technically by the end yeah. of it. Um, and yeah, I mean that was just a very yeah. Smart, they weaponize him. They weaponize him. You know, they yeah. they just electrocute but it's, it's, all of it. I think you didn't mention the you know where Christopher Lee is is this like random science lab this right I was getting course. I was gonna I was gonna get yeah. the right because like clamp clamp center is like this huge sky rise Daniel clamp owns it and it's got like every possible friggin endeavor under the sun uh, in it and, and so they have a genetics lab and and they're just like you know I mean they have a, like a movie shit. studio they too. have a movie like, studio they have a whole you know clamp studio. the clamp cable network yeah. um you know yeah. they're yeah. doing all of their you know programming there they have restaurants they have apartments they have this genetics lab they have offices you know it's just like the all in one you know it's also like the world's uh largest entirely smart uh, Skyrise, like every room talks to you. Like they go in the bathroom, and it's like, "Welcome to the men's room." Right. And there's a guy who's like going to leave, and it's like, "Hey, there, pal, did you wash your hands?" And it's you like, wash those hands. <laughs> wash those hands. <laughs> yeah, it's like so. So that's like part of it too. It's like there's the smart building, but yeah. So the, the smart the building that kind of didn't work. Kind of didn't work. <laughs> uh, like you're awesome supposed to be able to, you know, you go into the elevator, and you're just like, "Oh, floor 35," and it'll it'll go. Um, but it's yeah, like the, Alexa, you know, you know, you, you, you say something to Alexa and she like sometimes doesn't sometimes hear you. Sometimes she starts reading you a it's bedtime like the, story. The, and I saw like, I fuck? saw a meme of uh, it was just like Patrick Stewart. And he's like, Alexa, order four light bulbs. And she's like ordering five light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So the genetics lab, the whole, you know, it's kind of like they, they set it up where uh these guys have been testing all these different extracts and doing all these experiments and all this shit and so there's all these like you know perfectly scientific bottles of extract all over the place for like you know brain serum and spider extract and bat common bat extract so the gremlins just go nuts they go in there and they just start eating all this random you know different shit and uh and and that's kind of how all the mutation starts to happen and it's it's goofy and fun and whatever but it's like it's it's a it's a great format for them to do that it is so great it's so fun like okay opened it up in such a fun way and uh yeah i i definitely agree this is uh this is one of my favorite sequels of all time joe you haven't really gotten much to say i know i know you like this movie oh yeah yeah i love it yeah love that the first one, the first one's definitely like I agree that it's it's more scary. And when I was yeah. a little kid, I didn't want to admit that it kind of scared me. The original one, um, okay. like I would, I, I'd be like, no, I've seen this before. I can watch it. And then I would kind of be too scared to go to bed. 
Like, <laughs> oh, really? I'd be like lying in bed going like, what did I do? Like, why <laughs> did I? And I remember like my parents going like, are you sure this isn't too scary? And I'd be like, no, it's fine. I'm a it's big fine. boy. I'm fully grown. <laughs> the second one was like completely okay. There was nothing. Yeah, nothing scary there. about it, really. Um, even this, you know, the monstrous parts are all just very, very not scary, but very fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, it sort of follows that. Um, it's like it's like Army of Darkness, right? Yeah, like right. Army of Darkness coming off of Evil Dead uh, or Evil Dead Two. It's like you know, Evil Dead Two, just like Gremlins One. You know, it's, it had its funny parts, but. Uh, it was still primarily a horror movie, and then this one was just like, mm, no, <laughs> yeah. this one's just funny, right? Yeah. Just like there being That's monsters it. and stuff, you know. Yeah, pure fun. Uh, great sequel, and for uh, sure. Yeah, that's that's my pick. Yes, awesome pick. Yeah, I love that movie. So good. So good. So good. Uh, also, just real quick, Gremlins One is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Just gonna hell yeah. It. Yeah, uh, I try to watch it every year if I can on Christmas Eve. Um, awesome. Uh, Nintendo Joseph. Yes. Uh, you're up, my friend. You're I up. am. Oh, crap. Okay. So my pick is Short Circuit 2. Ooh. This movie is really fun. I, I watched it um, last night. Mm-hmm. At the time of this recording, it was last night. Um, it's it's not like it's not super funny, but I had fun watching it yeah. because I just love Johnny Five. Like I, when I was a kid, I wanted Johnny Five to be my friend because <laughs> no, no. When I was a kid, no, I was like big into Transformers, like anything robotic. Like right. I freaking yeah, love and and Johnny Five was like the, like the guy. Like I want this guy. I want him, I want Johnny Five to be my best friend. Yeah, ever. And oh, I loved it. And I, I love the first movie too. First movie was fantastic. Um, but with this movie, uh, they changed his appearance somewhat. Um, so Johnny Five made uh, adjustments to himself. And uh, so he put like stickers on himself or whatever. But uh, he got rid of his laser cannon that he had on his shoulder that he used in the first movie. What the hell? And, and and he didn't like because he didn't like hurting people. He didn't like disassembling or whatever. No disassemble. No, dis- no disassemble. And uh, <laughs> so so he had uh, like a like a toolbox. It was like a toolbox that that kind of like opened up. It kind of reminds me of like the uh, the Ghostbusters trap, how it just opens up. <clears throat> yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so that would open up, and like some random item would come up, like like. Uh, like an umbrella, like he would have an umbrella for one scene or the next scene he would have like uh, a hang glider or something or a parachute or, or something. It was something different every time. And, and of course, you know, he could fit stuff in there too, along with everything else that he has going on that this little, little toolbox that he it has. Bag of his shoulder. It was a bag of tricks. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, he also installed like some type, some type of antenna and that antenna was like, in the movie it was used to like control like other electronics like airplanes and uh, cars and boats or whatever. And also teleprompters and uh, which he used later on in the movie, which is a uh, pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> um, so yeah. So the movie takes place. Uh, they don't really say like what city they're in. So they're, it's just implied that it's New York city because New York city is in every fucking movie. Right. The city is fucking New York. 
Um, Pretty much. So, so uh, the the main character Benjamin Jahavri, who is, um, I believe he's he's from. Uh, was it supposed to be Indian? Indian, from, yeah. He's supposed or, to be so, Indian from India, but he was he's a white guy. So he so he's in he's in brown face, but you know. Um, right, right. I don't know what to say. Really, really right. weird. It's really, really weird. Fisher, um, Fisher Stevens. At the time, I remember like thinking, like, "Wow, this guy's so talented." But <clears throat> you know, now we frown on that kind of thing for sure. Right, for sure. Um, so he he loses his job at Nova Robotics, which is from the first movie because they went bankrupt. All right, and Nova, Nova, <laughs> and uh, so so he started uh, selling toys of of the robot johnny five right because in the and, first uh, one he was just number five he was just number five number right. five and now so he's like he's like he's johnny little. five in this one he, he named himself johnny because he thought the name was cute all i can think of is johnny five thousand like johnny that's five. like i keep thinking of rocky <laughs> right. five like rocky five and up next <laughs> right. Pongo. right right um uh, who else is in, in this movie oh yeah uh, michael keenan who, who plays as fred ritter I thought he was fantastic in this movie. He plays a really good. Oh, Michael McKean. My, okay. Michael McKean. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He plays a really good, uh, not villain, but more like a, like a he's, like, he's like a piece of shit. Like he's like, he's like, it's almost like a villain. It's like, he's like a, he's very cocky and uh, like really, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like egotistical. No, it's more like a, I can't remember the, the character. It has been a long time since I've seen this. Like movie. sleazy. He's very sleazy. Okay, sleazy. Very sleazy. That's what I'm looking for. Sleazy. Sleazy P. Martini. Yeah, sleazy <laughs> P. Martini. Mm-hmm. Get up, you fuck. <laughs> Get up, you little fuck. <laughs> oh, you little fuck. Um, so, yeah. So, he does a really good job playing that role as, as being some kind of sleazy uh, watch. I mean, Michael McKean is never not awesome. He's, he's Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like if, you, if you guys don't know who Michael McKean is, he's from Laverne Shirley, and this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, um, and like awesome, you know, awesome basically, actor. he's in almost all of the uh, some of my favorite movies of all time: the Christopher Guest mockumentary movies, like Best right, show, Mighty Wind, Best Show. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's often I love, I love him. He's in also in in uh, Airheads as well. He's he's in like a million things. He's so great. Yeah, um, I know. Actually, second uh, second Smallville reference of the night. I know he uh, he played uh, Perry White in in Smallville. Not that uh, I watch Smallville, but there's your second. I know, right? There, there's Smallville, there's uh, there are uh, people in there. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so Fred Ritter and Benjamin kind of like team up because uh, Benjamin gets a deal to produce. Like a shit ton of these Johnny Five robots. Like toys. a shit ton. Like a shit ton. Right? Like how much you want me to make? So like and he's like and he's building these little things in in his in his van, just yeah. him, yeah. just doing it by himself. So so they, they somehow they, they get this money to hire people to help out, like a bunch of like homeless people, whatever. And uh, and then you have, uh, they they rent a uh, a space like a rundown like factory that they're going to tear down or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, what they don't know is that there's a stairway underneath. It's covered by with this floor, this flooring that you just kind of like you slide over and it reveals a stairway. So they don't know this is there. So there's two robbers there trying to drill a hole or dr- drill a tunnel to 
a bank or some type of like safe because they want to steal these right these that's diamonds. like what's really going on right? yeah it's really going okay. on so <clears throat> so of course what they want to do is well we got to get rid of the robot we got to get rid of these these guys because you no know, they're they're, they're going to interfere with our plans you no know, if, if you don't do this by this time those those diamonds are going to be gone forever like we'll lose our chance of you know being rich or whatever the window's gonna close yeah oh, like, diamonds, guy. the diamonds aren't forever <laughs> they are not it turns out got you got a time limit on there they did not go to k jewelers <laughs> they did not he did should've not go went to, to should have went to jared should have went to jared hashtag mm. not sponsored <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very true so uh so Johnny Five shows up in a in a crate full of uh, the, the popcorn, full of blood. Yeah, a little, little bit of popcorn in there, and uh, so so he, he just like shows up at this factory, and uh, and, and this is uh, uh, Fred's first time seeing a real life Johnny Five robot, and he's like, "Holy shit, he's real!" <laughs> like I, what? What the fuck? So. So they make they have Johnny Five assemble a, a a toy and just see how fast he goes. And they tie the man's like, oh wow, he is fucking fast. Like he did this in like two fucking minutes compared to like you know doing like ten toys a day. We can do like millions, right, right. You know, in a week or whatever. So so of course, you no know, Fred, who's being the, the fucking sleazeball, uh, tries to exploit his uh his talents and so he he tries to get him to do all the stuff and then he's like um he finds out that Johnny Five is worth over eleven million dollars and he's like he's trying he's trying to get uh Benjamin to be like why can't you just sell him for eleven million dollars? Why are we wasting our time building these toys and we'd be fucking rich if we sold this robot. Yeah like holy shit and and of course no Benjamin was like, "No, you can't do that because he's not just a robot. He's he's he thinks on his own. He's completely unique." And then of course, now he had to explain to him like, "No, how he came to be and whatever." But uh, uh, but Fred didn't care. He he tried to sell Johnny Five, Absolutely. and and so he got he tricked Benjamin to go on a date with uh the, the person who. Uh, got him the deal to uh, make all these toys, and uh, so so he goes on a date with Cindy, I believe her name is um, Sandy. I'm sorry, Sandy. Um, so he takes Johnny Five to some some company or whatever, trying to sell him. And of course, no Johnny's like, uh, "You're trying to sell me? I am not for sale. I'm alive. That's like slavery. Like <laughs> yeah. you don't you, you don't want to." I'm this alive. Not okay. It's, it's, We're not, not okay with it's that. not cool. It's like, why are you doing this? Hell so, no, man. Yeah. So he like, you know, backs away and falls through a window and he's falling. And then, and then all of a sudden, like have, you have his uh, hang glide just pops out of his freaking magical uh, toolbox and he just floats away or whatever. Um, so he, he's like fucking pissed about that. Box of tricks. Box of tricks. So what you got there? So he's like, okay, so I have to get back to this factory. But he doesn't know how to get back. He's not familiar with the area. 
So he's just going around, going around the the city, whatever. And people like looking at him, like laughing at him, like what the you know what the fuck is this or whatever. And uh, <laughs> so so he he comes across this old man. Uh, what's his name? Fuck, I'm looking at the thing here. Uh, uh, no, not that one. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at the the name. I can't remember the character's name, but he's like an, uh, an older man. Oh, the, the, the guy that Johnny thought was his friend. Friend, yes, yeah. <clears throat> oh, what's right. his name? Oh, I can't I, remember. His I, name. I, uh, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. His okay. name is Oscar. Yeah, Oscar Baldwin. Hmm. Got a Baldwin hmm. in there. Hmm. hmm. So he befriends Oscar, and Oscar's like, "Okay, well, this it's actually you're right here. You're right across the street." And of course, when he's looking at Johnny Five, like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, why is there a robot? Like, is this a prank?" Like he thought it was a joke, like like he was on candy camera or something. <laughs> so so he like, brings this, it back is to candy camera or something, right? So so it brings it back to the uh, uh, the factory, and they become really good friends. Like this guy is like super fascinated with 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 uh, Johnny Five, and he, he sees what what Johnny can do, and he's like he's fucking like blown away. So he becomes really good friends with the robot. And then later on in the movie, you find out that he is not a good guy. He's not who you think he is. He's actually a criminal. He's a, he's a bad dude. He's, he's working, a criminal. And, and he's working with. He's one of those uh, guys those who fights the dragon ninjas. Yes. Yes. He's a bad dude. The, the shadow, shadow ninjas. Shadow dancers. Mm. Shadow mm. dancer in the dog. Yes. So. Uh, so what they do is they, uh, Oscar and the, the two thugs, I, I forget their names. Uh, they, they kind they kidnap, they kidnap Benjamin and Fred and bring him to, uh, uh, some kind of a Chinese food restaurant. They throw him in the freezer, put the body so, so in that, the freezer so, so that they can have Johnny five to themselves. And, and what they, their plan was to destroy him, get rid of the robot. I thought they wanted to use him to like help dig the hole. That was yes, that was later on. They okay. they, they they wanted to get rid of the robot, but they're like, well, we can. I've seen what this guy can do. Let's use him to our advantage. Let, let's right. use him, and that's what happens. So of course, Oscar like they throws like a bunch of bullshit at Johnny Five, and Johnny Five's like, oh, he's my friend. I'll believe whatever he says, and, <laughs> and then Johnny Five does goes, it. Bullshit. Bullshit. Here, have some bullshit. Right, so Stephanie never taught me about bullshit. Right, <laughs> so so he goes through the process. You no, know, he he ducks the tunnel, and you know they make it through the other side. They make it through the uh, the vault, and uh, Oscar goes to the the locker or whatever where the diamonds are at, and he knows that Johnny Five can unlock anything. So he's well, like, right, okay, he's got this a, like and, a he's got like a key finger or something. Yeah, he's like some kind of device. Yeah, and uh, so he does that, and he opens up the the, the locker, and then he opens up the chest, and then uh, and then he get Johnny Five gets like really confused, like why are you stealing your own stuff? You, you, you're saying that you own everything here. Why did you go through this trouble of? digging a tunnel <laughs> oh man poor johnny poor johnny so gullible he has to learn about deceit yes oh <laughs> yes well, it's but, heartbreaking uh, he doesn't understand it's very heartbreaking i don't and understand so so johnny five like figures out what's going on he's like oh you're you're not you're not my friend i thought you were a good you're person or whatever and, right 
you're, you're not my brother. And uh, so, so he gets out of the building and Oscar runs in, in the car with the other two, uh, with the other two guys. And they try to run him over. They're trying to run him off the, the road or whatever. And they fail. Um, so they, they lose their car. They, they, they chase Johnny five and then they lose him. He, he uses his, uh, he has like a grappling thing in his uh, magical toolbox and he's hiding in the trees, <laughs> but you don't know that because it's one of those things where I, uh, one of those scenes where you see him turning around the corner and then he's, the villain is like right behind him and, and he goes around that same corner and he's like, he's gone. You're like, yo dude, where the hell? Like where, where do you go? <laughs> he's not that fast like where the hell did he go you ain't that quick dude <laughs> right so so oscar shows up with the with the uh with this the case where the diamonds are mm-hmm. and uh johnny five just like just drops down just kind of like grabs them and like kind of like lifts him up off the ground he's like you know you shouldn't you should you know go to the police and you know, i'm gonna report you whatever and then Oscar is talking to the other guys. He's speaking some type of a uh, uh, pig Latin or something. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ixnay, right? And of course, Johnny Five has no idea what he's saying. So, so what happens was the the pig Latin was telling the guys to run to leave, but come back. You know, go around the block and come back from uh, the same entrance where he came from, and and attack Johnny five from there. And that's what they did. And so they, they knock him down and they fucked him up like severely. And they it just, was like the saddest thing. It's so sad. Like he's not that, you know, what's interesting about Johnny five is he's not really that humanoid, right? Like, right. Right. I mean, like he, he just has like, a head. He, you can tell he's a robot the way how he's designed. He, he's not humanoid at all. Right. Like his, his whole lower half is like this triangular tank tread thing. Right. And he's just, he is in the world of like, you know, just movie robots, period. He's very unique and very, very cute. Like he is very cute in his way. But like yes. all the freaking robots that came out of like sci-fi movies, they're all like, you know, guys in suits with two legs and two arms and stuff. Right. And, and this guy, <clears throat> apparently Johnny Five was a puppet and it took 12 people simultaneously My to get God. him to freaking work. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely I mean, it amazing. was a very complex puppet. Yeah, um, really, really cool. But yeah, that scene when they're like beating him down, oh, they're kicking his asses. Oh my god, it was so heartbreaking. I'm like, even like, yeah. no, I'm like watching. I'm like, I'm trying not to cry. I'm like, I know it's just a robot. You're like, I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> I'm a, I'm I should have, but I'm, I'm sad scared. about him. I'm 43 years old. I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> I'm not gonna cry. Um, yeah. So so sad. Um, so, so so you you finish up, Joe. But you can't not tell the story that you told online the other day, which is what I, of course, think of every time this movie comes up. Oh yeah. So, so, so when you're done, you got You got You got to mention that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll mention. I'll mention. <laughs> okay. Because it's funny. <laughs> it's funny and true. Um. Yeah. So he picks himself off the ground after getting his ass kicked, and. Uh, he's trying to pick up his arm that that broke off and everything and he's like he's leaking fluid like he is like fucked up beyond belief he's in a bad way he's like yeah um so 
Fred is out looking for him because he got freed from the the freezer from Sin- Sandy. Um, so he's looking for for Johnny Five, and he sees like uh, tracks his his uh, tank tracks. Can't say wheel tracks. He has tank tracks. Um, it's tread marks. So he finds him. And he's trying to like 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 yell. He's like Johnny, 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 and, Johnny. and he's like Johnny can't <laughs> talk because he is like his voice box is fucking gone. And uh, so he, he gets a, a rock and he starts writing on the, on the brick wall. And he's like, fix me or whatever. And he's like, uh, how can I fix you? I can't uh, 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 fix. I'm me, a piece dude. of shit. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about electronics. So I don't know anything about anything. I don't know anything about anything other than being the piece of shit. Um, so, so they just happen to be at the rear entrance of a radio shack. So they go in there, they, they break in, break in the radio shack and Johnny's typing on a, on a computer what to do. Cause he can't talk. And so, so, uh, Fred ends up like kind of fixing him. Like, like he could like fix him. Like he uh, had him talk again. Uh, he could, like move his arms a little bit, like just, just the small stuff, the important stuff. But, uh, Johnny five was just like, not, all there because it was like talking backwards sometimes like he would call fred durf his brain was broken his brain was broken so he was like he was all fucked up but um but he he that's great that that fred came around yes he yeah he comes around (laughs) so he's he's no longer a piece of shit like he's like okay uh he's a shit a piece he's a shit yeah he's a shit piece shit piece that's what you'll be a shit piece um so they, they fix him up and Johnny Five is like fucking super pissed because he, he feels so betrayed. So and he wants to do something about it, but his own way, like not get the police involved. It's like he's gonna fucking do this himself, he's gonna get revenge for what these people did to him. So he decks himself out, like he gives himself like a mohawk and like uh a uh, bullet belt and all these, all these weapons, like he's ready. He's gonna fuck shit up. Like he does not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So he's like bad humans, and his eyes are all red and shit. And uh, so they they go off and they they find uh, Oscar and his guys, and uh, they eventually find him. Uh, they find him through the sewers. They go in the sewers, and I, I don't know how <laughs> they were able to do that because Johnny Five is like, the way how he's designs like how does he fit through a manhole like i don't understand it, but it happens it's it just did it, it's it's a movie it happens mm-hmm. um so so they find they find them and uh so the, the, their car is parked over a manhole and that and johnny five like kind of like peeks out kind of like you no know, ninja turtle style like just peeking up and he's like looking around and then he picks up the car and, and he literally like uh no he, he doesn't draw him he like he lifts them up and kind of like like moves the car a little bit and and uh the guy who's driving like he's stepping on the on the gas pedal like full fucking throttle and then johnny five's like and we have liftoff like he drops the car and they go fucking flying <laughs> and uh they, they go off this this ramp or whatever it just happens to be a ramp there and um because ramp and uh and the car like flips over and they crash and whatever but of course you know everyone's fine because you know yes it's a movie because it's, you know, it's a kid's movie can't have anyone die that's true. Um, unless you're Optimus Prime or um, Bambi's mom, Jeez. Bambi's mom, right? Um, 
Bambi's so, mom. So he, so Johnny Five fucks up the the two thugs, like pretty bad, and uh, which is awesome. I loved it. And then they're uh, leaking fluid everywhere. He's still leaking fluid everywhere. Like his like backup generator is like is like toast. Like he's running on like totally like totally toast. Yeah, like he's running on like fumes at this point, but he doesn't care. He wants his revenge. So so he's chasing after uh, Oscar, and Oscar like uh, uh, gets on a boat and tries to go away, thinking that oh, John, this robot can't swim. No, I'm no, I'm free. You know, I, I don't have to worry about him anymore, or whatever. But Johnny, he's chasing after that that boat. Like he's on the on a dock, and he's like he's chasing after this boat. And he comes across this uh, this crane. And with his little antenna, he was able to control it to uh... – oh, no, I'm sorry. No, that's not true. That's not true. So he has his grappling hook. So he shoots his grappling hook towards this crane. And so so he starts swinging and starts making, like, the Tarzan sound, like, whatever, and, uh, which is hilarious. And um, so, so he grabs Oscar that way. And uh, he – wait, wait. He grabs him that way. That way, grabs him like, that way. way. Like, like he swings. Way? He, he swings the way. The way. Oh. There's only one way. I didn't this know this is, this is that kind way. of movie. It's that kind of movie. Yeah. This is that way. Yes. Yes. Short circuit is now the long circuit. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Long circuit. Good night. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, so he gets Oscar, brings him back to shore. And the police come, they, they arrest Oscar and everything. And then by this point, it was like, like they make you think it's too late uh, for, for Johnny Five because his like done, like his battery is like drained and that's it. There's nothing you can do. And uh, so paramedics come and uh, Benjamin shows up in a police cruiser and uh, the paramedics show up and he grabs that, uh, oh, what do you want to call it? the the, the shocking thing that to bring people back to life. I forget what that's the called. Fibrillator. The fibrillator. Thank you. So he grabs one of those and like several times he's shocking, shocking Johnny, like, like maybe try to like jumpstart his battery or something. And it does eventually work. So, so that's good. So he lives. Yay. And, uh, and then they, they cut away to uh, at the end of the movie. They're like, uh, you see, Johnny Five and Benjamin becoming American citizens, and uh, and they make make a big deal about Johnny Five being the first robotic American citizen, mm-hmm. and and I thought that was really cool. And cool. of course, you know he's all he's all repaired and he's all in gold and everything, and wicked wicked awesome. I, I just love this movie. It's so so much fun, and uh, yeah, that's yeah. All right, that's what I too, and. Uh... And the story, the story, the story that you told online just briefly was that yes. when we were kids, yes, every yes. single time you came every over every weekend, house, it was not. It's like every weekend I would go over there. I'd be like, "Let's watch Short Circuit 2. And you'd be like, "Okay, what sure." Do you do? I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, then, sure, <laughs> sure." <laughs> and then, then eventually that, there came that, the day that came. Yes, that one fateful day. <laughs> like Joe, what do you want to do? Let's watch Short Circuit Two. No. <laughs> like, I uh, am done because he would not because Steve would not stop like bitching about this movie like I'm so fucking sick of this movie because of you 
<laughs> I've watched it a thousand times. I mean, I did literally, like it. I, literally I did a thousand like it, times. Literally a thousand times. <laughs> of course, you know, back back in the day, that's when I I loved watching movies over and over again. <clears throat> I really loved them, but nowadays, like I, I'm like one and done. Yeah, right. Like I won't. Um, maybe because it's the way how movies are now. So I just I get it. It's like no, I enjoyed it, and that's it. I mean, I'm just over and just I don't just don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But I know, yeah, definitely the, I was, the older uh, movies. I was saying that to Steve recently that like I feel like as a kid there were certain movies that were just like my jam and I wanted to yes. put it on every single day religiously I didn't even care it was almost just like a comforting thing I'm like I know this movie I know it so well and it's so much fun for me to watch it and like know everything that's coming up and everything and it was just like it was just something to do I'm like I, yeah. I, I will watch this movie till the end of time and yeah. now, now I feel like I'm so much more concerned with like, oh, I want to watch movies I haven't seen yet. I want to, I want to see this, want to see that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's really when, uh, you know, I. And it's doing- it's also a different scene anyway because now we have you know streaming and everything's at our fingertips. And we have billions of choices. Yeah, at yeah. The, you know, at exactly. the time, you know, it's a movie was on TV or you had you bought it on VHS and that was it. Right. Have right. Like a billion choices. Billion choices at your disposal we have, uh, at our fingertips now. So, it you know I think that probably had a lot to do that with plays it. a lot to it yeah yeah um, yeah because yeah I, I did that a lot more back then too there were plenty of movies that i saw a ton of times that i just mm-hmm. it's like funny wow i can't believe i watched forrest gump like 12 times like why did right. i do that? i don't know why, why but That's i did the movie yeah. i had right yeah it was a movie yeah. i liked watching or like um like a fish called wanda you know, like, I don't know, just uh, just just weird, like movies I would I would see over and over and, you know, all the Mel Brooks and stuff. And yeah, yeah, there there, there are certain ones that like you'd get in a you'd get in a, a rhythm. You'd be like, oh, I mm-hmm. just want to watch this one over and over and over for a, a, a time. I don't know. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was me with Transformers. Yeah. Like big time. Like, holy yeah. shit. Like, oh. I mean, uh, still, still, I'll, I'll still watch it. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's super fun. fucking amazing. I love it. It's, it's nice and short too. Transform. Yeah. It's quick, but, um, so yeah, the, uh, the, just real quick, I wanted to uh, mention, I, I always wondered why Ali Sheedy was not in this movie as Stephanie. Oh, right. Right. Uh, turns out she, uh, apparently the, uh, the reason I could find was that she was deemed too expensive at huh. the time. Uh, really she, she had a string of uh hits where she was kind of you know kind of an it actress at the time um you know she was obviously you know the breakfast club was huge and you know you had the brat pack uh come out of that and yeah people went on to have pretty good careers and uh she was also in some saint almost saint elmo's fire and um a few other movies obviously short circuit was you know uh somewhat of a hit i don't know exactly how much money it made but yeah she uh she is in short circuit too as an uncredited uh she's on the like a tape that they play her voice and it is i think it's like a is an answer machine or something like that i don't know she's she's in it but uh that they literally asked her to do that for this and she's uncredited oh wow it's her and she is playing the character of stephanie speck um, but she just wasn't in it. And as far as Steve Gutenberg, because really it, it's like Fisher Stevens was in the first one, but he was, he was a pretty minor character and he becomes the main human in this. And Steve Gutenberg was, the, was the other main human. It was, you know, him and Stephanie right. and, uh, he turned it down. So somehow they could afford Steve Gutenberg, but not, her, not Ali Sheedy. Uh, oh, it's right. really freaking crazy. He turned it down. He said he uh, he turned it down because they at the time didn't have a script yet. 
And he didn't, he's like, I don't want to commit to something you haven't even written yet. I don't know. And he said to this day, he, um, he regrets doing that and he wishes that he was in the second one. Ah, but yeah, um, yeah, that's just what it is. You know, you make the best decision you can at the time and, uh, stick to your guns. Keep, move, keep moving forward. Yeah. Right away. So short circuit two. All right. So, um, so my first movie, um, now it's already nine o'clock. Um, so we, (laughs) um, in endeavoring not to uh, have a, a three and a half hour episode, let's try to keep things a little quicker, I think. But mm-hmm. I'm, sure. I'm going to talk uh, a little bit about my first movie, which I watched last night for the first time since I was probably 13. And um, it's a movie I picked and decided upon. Uh, and I decided to stick with, even though I didn't think it fell into the category of better than the first movie or as good as the first movie. But I do think it's a worthy sequel in the sense that if you are a fan of the first one, this is definitely worth seeing for sure. Okay. Uh, even though it's not as good, there's a lot of really great stuff in it, and it added a lot to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that movie is Predator 2, Ooh, 1990. Okay. Sequel to the movie Predator, 1987. So obviously it was, you know, made right after the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, first one's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Carl Weathers and a bunch of beefed up slick deep, slick oily i don't know jungle marines or something but in this one very slippery uh, they're so slick they're so i mean they're very sweaty there's a lot of sweat so, but so that, sweat. that is one of the things that's about the predator is that you know they only come when the, when the heat waves happen but so so here we have a heat wave and it's uh it's in the concrete jungle which is uh la which i think is a great idea um I think it's a great, great idea. Like we did the jungle. Let's go to a city um, for the sequel. I, I think if they made a third one right away, I wouldn't have wanted it in the city again. Like we did that, but mm. I think it's a, a good environment change for the second one. I think it's cool. Uh, and instead of, you know, uh, a soldier, we have a cop and the main character is Lieutenant Mike Hannigan and he's played by Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. Um, just a very surprising casting choice, in my opinion. Um, you know, obviously he's in the Lethal Weapon movies and everything, but it's not like Danny Glover is known for action movies. Right. He's not like mm-hmm. an action lead. Um, to go from right. a Schwarzenegger, you know, big muscle man to Danny Glover is is strange. But um, he does a pretty good job in this movie. Um, I think mm-hmm. that Honestly, like if you take it in two halves, I think the first half is is very much the weak half. Um, once stuff really starts to once the shit hits the fan and it turns into Danny Glover versus the, the Predator, which is really like the last, it's not even really the second half, but the second half is better than the first half. But honestly, the, the whole like back third is like pretty goddamn solid. Um, the, the, you know, there's, there's some just middling stuff. There's some cheesy dialogue and some kind of questionable movie stuff. It's like, is this how policing is, is this police work? Is right. This what, what, what it's is like, this? it's just such a movie police thing. Like it all just seems so right. it just, yeah, it feels like, okay, real, real. None of this is real at this. all. Um, uh, also in the movie is, uh, Bill Paxton 
as uh, Detective Jerry Lambert. He's kind of um, the new guy on the force um, and Danny Glover's new partner, just like there's like 10 billion other things where there was a cop and there's one guy who's the seasoned dude and he doesn't want a new partner, but they, they're shoving one down his throat anyway. And he's this cocky, whatever younger guy. And that's Bill Paxton. Uh, also, Gary Busey is in this movie and he plays a kind of a wild card character who is really kind of having his own movie on the side. Uh, we don't oh. spend a lot of time with him, but um, yeah, he, uh, he uh, there's a lot of deleted scenes apparently that were uh, okay. Not deleted scenes that were filmed. There were deleted scenes from the script that they didn't film that um, or omitted scenes, I guess, or is probably the right term that um, there was, there was a whole other plot and it actually involved uh, Schwarzenegger. Um, and it oh, just wow. happened and I'll get to that later, but also uh, uh, Ruben blades is, uh, is, is, is in it as uh, Danny. He's, he's another one of the police officers who's working with, um, working with Mike Hannigan. And uh, these people all just get just brutally murdered by the, uh, by the predator. And, and, oh man, like, does he love hanging people upside down and skinning them? Like, oh man, there are so <laughs> many scenes of him skinning people. And mm-hmm. like, there's this one really graphic scene where he cuts this dude's head off and, and uh, ends up like polishing his skull. And they really show him. And at first the skull's like all bloody and gross. And, and then they show the predator actually like, working with it and he's got these like this like this awesome like alien belt sander thing and he and he like you know whips it out and he's like polishing it and, and he like gets it all clean and 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 you just see this like this pride that he's taking in his work you know because he is a big game hunter he is there for the trophies he's there for the glory that's what the predator is um so it's it's pretty cool and sort of the backdrop is there's this gang war going on between okay. the two rival gangs. So the movie starts out in this big shootout and it should be exciting and it's not. And I think the reason it's not is just because it's so unbelievable. Um, and I don't know, Danny Glover just can, he does these crazy things that cops would never do. And then he also, I don't know, he like shows up behind like eight guys. There's like eight guys who are shooting on the other side of like this big Buick and, and he like somehow gets around him on the other side and just, just just mows them all down just one at a time kills every single one of them and they just let let themselves be be shot and killed You're like that was way it's too like, easy what? man and then it's just it's all so silly like i don't know right they, they just it, it, I plot don't know. armor yeah it's very <laughs> like very plot armory uh but so he uh you know he's supposed to be this badass cop obviously and you know in the world of 80s machismo invincible cops you know um you know, he fits right in. It's nothing that crazy in that lineup. Technically. Um, it's just like how a lot of movies were, but, um, anyway, I mean, you know, it, in this movie, the predator's awesome. You got to see him a lot. You got to see him a lot more than in the first one. Uh, you know, Stan Winston worked on the, the movie, just like in the first one, he, um, he had, I guess, more time to to work on various things so they came up with a lot more gadgets so this movie is actually the first time you get to see the predator's spear uh the first time you get to see the predator's uh the discus thing that he has and um he he he, biggest discus biggest biggest discus (laughs) uh and uh, honestly the discus thing ends up really playing into the final battle because uh hannigan uh gets it and recovers it and ends up fighting the predator with it quite extensively it becomes his weapon 
Um, it's not just a one second thing. He picks it up and blocks an attack and then it gets knocked out of his hand. No, no, he keeps it and he uses it quite a bit. And he even makes a show out of, uh, he like somehow, I don't know if he uses belt or something like uh, suddenly he's just got like a a strap (laughs) and he's got it like around his neck. There's a strap and he's got it on his side and stuff, but it's like, he's like, Oh no, I'm, I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna keep this. This is cool. Um, Pretty cool. And there's some like, you know, science in there they throw in where they're actually like trying to figure out like, oh, what what metal is this made of? And like, oh, it's super light. It has almost no weight, but oh, it cuts just like steel and and uh, just like some neat sciencey stuff that you didn't really get in the first one. Because the first one's all about, you know, nobody knows what's going on at all. And right. it's just coming to grips with understanding that something in the trees is is trying to kill us. Yep. It's like just just actually accepting that is like so much of the movie. The characters yeah. just accepting the fact that they're being hunted. And in this one, it's sort of like it's it there is that, but it happens a lot quicker. And uh they have they have a lot more evidence that something's going around going wrong. And I really feel like that's almost like it's it's like a sloppy fucking job predator. Like, what are you doing? Like you're making yourself so obviously known, you know, uh, compared to the first, now the, the characters in these two movies, the predators are known as the jungle hunter and the city hunter. That's just, you know, cause we never learned the names, but those are the official names. Okay. Uh, yeah. They're both played by the same guy, uh, Kevin Peter Hall, all seven foot two of him. Damn. Um, also played uh, Harry and the Hendersons, Harry, and uh, then he passed away at 35. Super oh, my God. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, Shit. Yeah. Uh, but so he was the city hunter again. And uh, he I mean, well, I should say the, the main predator again. He was the city hunter in this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's like a little bit sloppy compared to the first guy. The first guy was like really careful. And he didn't even like he would like stalk one person for a long time and this guy's just leaving bodies freaking everywhere uh, yeah. but you know whatever Sloppy he's fuck he's super badass honestly when when he takes the mask off like i like the, the mask in the first one a little bit better but um the face of the predator in this one the city hunter looks i think better uh because he's like he's got these like maroon black maroon and black stripes around his face and they kind of work it in. You can see it a little bit more on his arms and stuff. And he's uh, it's kind of subtle, but it's like, wow, I didn't even notice that when I was a kid, like he looks cooler. Um, but I like the mask better in the, in the jungle hunter, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so anyway, just really, you know, it's got its ups, it's got its downs for sure, but it does have a lot of really great predator stuff. And um, honestly, the end is amazing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's such a great ending. Uh, it's one of the, uh, it's one of the, the funnest endings of any of the alien predator movies. Um, I mean, alien or predator movies, like any of them, like it's such a fun ending. And I think everybody yeah. knows the ending. Uh, you know, he basically falls down and uh, he ends up uh, accidentally falling into the, the predator's ship, which is actually under this building under in the entrance is actually under a, uh, under a, an elevator shaft and he, he falls down and just miraculously lucky, lucky, just, <laughs> Oh, there's a, there's an alien craft down here. Wow. But Hey, whatever he's down there and, and it's great. He ends up fighting the, uh, the predator for the final fight in the ship. It's so cool. Ends up killing him like fair and square. And then all these freaking predators appear from everywhere 
And it's just like, you can just almost hear the shit come out of his ass. You can just almost, <laughs> then, then he turns and he's like, he's like, you know, cause Danny Glover. So he just, he just whisper talks the whole time. And he's like, all right. All right. It's like, all right, there's like, there's like 25 of them. <laughs> You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Just pucker up and uh, wait for the end. That's all you can do. Right. <laughs> but right. then, then, uh, you know, they, they collect the dead predator. They, they go off and uh, the leader who looks like the oldest of them, you know, uh, you know, turns around and he, he throws him a, a peace offering. He, he throws him this like, I always loved this. It's like an old flintlock pistol. And uh, there's a little plaque on it that says like, I don't know, like 1700 something. It has a date. And uh, so that instantly tells you so much. You're like, okay, so this race is like, is super honorable. They see that Mike beat this guy fair and square and there's no grudge. There's no nothing. They're going to honor him as, as the winner of this contest. And they've been doing this for hundreds of years at least. Right. So right, yeah. that's it's like you learn so much. And of course, Super there cool. is the amazing shot of there's the tr- the trophy wall mm. where there's tons of monster skulls, alien skulls, and there is the mm. xenomorph skull that is there. And I think everybody knows that by now. But um, that was an amazing thing as a kid. That was one of the most like, you know, we have the MCU now and everything is interconnected. That was like that right one of the first acknowledgements of that like shared universe like and it put that in your and now the alien versus predator comic books had had debuted when this movie came out but they debuted that year so the concept did exist but it was um, very new it was new and i don't think anybody in a million years expected to see that skull there i mean that was just so blatant and so cool um but anyway uh yeah predator 2 uh, I think it's a fun flick. It does have its fans. It's like, uh, you know, kind of like I said about Temple of Doom. There are the people who say that it's the best Predator movie. Um, just like there are people that say that about Temple of Doom. There are people that say Halloween 3, the one without Michael Myers, is the best Halloween. There are, you know, fans for stuff, uh, you know, for anything. Everything's right, got right. its fans or whatever. Right, but yeah, I mean, but like everything. this, this, I never thought it was better um, or as good. And I haven't seen it, like I said, since I was like a little kid, you know, 12 or 13 probably and stuff. But I mean, it it was fun to watch. I'm glad I saw it. And it's definitely worth a watch if you're a fan of uh, of Predator stuff in general. You can't you can't skip Predator, too. Um, so I'm just going to read off some fun trivia. Um, this is the uh, this all comes from IMDb. This is the first film that Gary Busey made after his nearly fatal motorcycle accident oh wow which hmm. left him uh permanently uh changed i uh you know in this in this movie he 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 didn't seem that off to me so i'm not quite sure if he suffered strokes later or something like that but i know that um the way he is right now he's obviously very you know talking is difficult his his body is you know strange he, the, the way he holds his face and everything i you know it's all because of that motorcycle accident that happened in the 80s everything yeah. was because of that um but so this was the first movie he did uh, the plot is largely based on the predator comic concrete jungle from 1989 though that oh, took neat. place in New York mm. instead of LA. This takes place in LA and it actually starred the brother of Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, Dutch. Um, oh, cool. In the comic book series. Hmm. 
Um, in Concrete the Jungle was also the uh, Predator PlayStation game. 2 game. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's very a great cool. name, too. It's a very awesome name. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Hmm. Um, fun fact. That's what I'm doing. Laying down so fun. fun this is fun. I'm having fun with your fans. Uh, in the original draft of the screenplay, Dutch from the original film was set to return and was going to lead a team to hunt down the Predator in L.A. There are conflicting reports as to why this did not happen, however, and it has been claimed. I now, So I found all of these in various places. If you look up this question, why was Arnold Schwarzenegger not in this movie? There's so many different sources saying different things. I found four different things. Oh, geez. It's been claimed that either Schwarzenegger didn't like the script or possibly um, that he declined over a payment dispute that he, he wanted supposedly like $250,000 more and they didn't want to pay him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also been claimed that it was because he was busy filming Total Recall. Uh, yeah. And it has also been claimed by the director of this, Stephen Hopkins, actually said that Schwarzenegger declined because he didn't want to postpone the filming of Kindergarten Cop, which was going to start filming that October. So I have no clue what the true story is as far as why he didn't do this movie. But the, uh, the basic idea was that he was going to, to have like a subplot where he was going to come in and uh, not be the main character, but be a supporting role. And then there was another treatment later. And um, I read about how uh, they were going to do this whole thing where Gary Busey's character was actually going to start the movie and he was going to go down to where the first movie happened in the jungle, wherever that was, Central America, wherever. And um, or if it was South America, I'm not I'm not, I'm not sure. And he was going to find the site and recover Dutch and they were going to bring Dutch back. And then later in the movie, you were going to find that Dutch was was in a hospital um, like dying or sick of radiation sickness because of the explosion when the first movie ended oh yeah blew up his ship and you were going to find out that that actually was incredibly radioactive he was like he was in a bad in a bad way uh so i mean i don't know i you know he was going to deliver some exposition basically uh he's like i tried to get to the chopper but i couldn't uh (laughs) uh, so i don't know what he's gonna say but i mean like you know it's it's interesting that they had so many different ideas of ways of getting Dutch into the movie. And then they just ended up not actually using him at not all. Not doing any of, of them. It sort of feels okay mm. to me because like, it doesn't, he doesn't need him. Like I would have loved right. him to up in another movie. Honestly, this is what I really wanted to like after watching this again, I remembered the movie predators, which is the Robert Rodriguez one which mm. I love. I love that movie a lot. I do love that movie. I think it's much, but much, much better than Predator Very good. 2. Um, well, in that movie, they discover the, uh, the Lawrence Fishburne character, right? Who's been living on the planet for X amount of years. He's not even sure. And he's crazy at this point. And he's been successful at killing the Predators and surviving. Holy fucking shit. I wish that was Danny Glover's character. Oh, my God. No kidding. That wow, would have been yeah. so much better. I mean, I like Lawrence Fishburne, but I wish... It was like a callback, and they're like, "All right, if we're not gonna do Schwarzenegger, let's right. do Mike Hannigan. Let's do Mike Hannigan. That mm-hmm. would have been fucking the tits. It would have. That would have been, been mm-hmm. the the fucking predator fishnets. That would have been fucking sexy. 
<laughs> anyway, it's they didn't do that, but it's fine. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. It's fine. All right, so they should have. Two more fun facts: putting the alien skull on the tro- trophy case of the Predator ship was the idea of director Stephen Hopkins as a way of showing the different species and creatures that the Predators have hunted and killed. It was also a nod to the Dark Horse Aliens versus Predator comics, which were quite popular already by that time. Quite popular. Um, and finally, and of course, this one is for our pal Patsy the Angry Nerd from the Throwdown Thursday podcast. This is his all-time favorite factoid from these movies. And this is that Bill Paxton and Lance Henriksen Actually, the only actors in the entire world who have been killed by a predator, an alien, and a Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> the holy trinity of, of uh, you know, ways to die. <laughs> you got it. Bill Paxton uh, and Lance Henriksen were damn. all killed by all three. That's, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> wow. Crazy. So, we don't suck. We just keep getting killed by really awesome things. <laughs> <laughs> but I do complain all the time, and I talk like this always because it was in it was Bill Paxton in the eighties. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. <laughs> uh, so I think uh, I think it's about that time we're, we're going to take a short break. But before we do, um, we got something for you guys to ponder out there in yeah, the world. This week's Octoponder this. Is brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Bet you didn't think I was going to say that, but it is. It is, and he did say it. It is. Uh, And, of course, uh, this week we asked everybody in the Facebook group already today, and we got some awesome, awesome answers. Um, Really just incredible response today. It was really, like, insane. Uh, Super fun. So this week we're asking you all for a standalone film that you wish they had made a sequel for. So it didn't have any sequels. Maybe it had a prequel, but it didn't have a sequel. And man, you love that movie so much. And you wish they made a sequel, but for some freaking reason they didn't, maybe because it wasn't popular or didn't make enough money or some stupid ass bullshit Hollywood reason. But, oh man, would have been give awesome me that to sequel. see a sequel. So yeah, give me that sequel. So uh, why don't you guys ponder that for a little bit while we go on a short break. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good. It's scary. Oh, hey there, Count Panic. I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever you find your great podcasts at. Hello, this is Terrell Whitlatch. I am the lead creature designer for The Phantom Menace, among other things. And you are listening to Retro Redoctopus. Hey, are you ready to do some thinking? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. All right, guys, welcome back aboard, everyone. So before we took a break, we asked you guys this question, which is, uh, what's a standalone movie that you wish had gotten a sequel but did not um we we asked you guys this very question earlier today 
the date of recording anyway, not the date of release, I guess. But uh, hey, you know, uh, you guys know how we do this. And, uh, you know, got some awesome responses. So I think I'm going to read those first, if you guys don't mind. And then uh, we're going to we're going to go, go through ours, 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 ours. Hours. And uh, and then we'll go through our second picks, and we'll uh, we'll that'll be that that'll be that. That'll we'll be wrap that this area up. Sounds pretty good. Uh, okay, so here we go. We have uh, once again uh, Patsy the Angry Nerd comes up. Hey, Patsy, he says the thing, Flight of the Navigator or ET. All pretty good. Now the thing did have a prequel, but it didn't get a sequel. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. E- ET actually was going to have a sequel made, and they scrapped it. They realized uh, Steven Spielberg realized that uh, the the story he had written was uh, probably better off not being made. It was going to be a <laughs> it was going to be wow. a horror movie that was going to like basically the signal that ET sent out. Um, some other evil aliens had picked up on it and were coming down. And terrorizing the characters from the first movie. Oh my god, I would love to that see that. Sounds awesome. <laughs> and, as hell, and then <laughs> Elliot somehow gets another signal out and calls for ET to come back and save them at the end. And that was that was the idea. Kind of funny. They should really done that. cool. Uh, so that was Patsy's. Those are Patsy's picks. Um, author Stephen Van Patten. Uh, so this is a real guy. Uh, it's funny. Um, so we have almost the same name, but it gets funnier than that. Uh, we both like we both like Mexican food. There's that. Uh, Weird. Weirder though is the fact that we both write s- books about black vampires. Uh, well, that is that's very legitimately specific. not me. Uh, different dude, and uh, he's a really cool guy. And he also uh, is uh, he has his own podcast, the Beef Wine and Shenanigans Podcast. Really fun show, and uh, I, I'd love to have him on the show sometime. We're kind of in talks about that. So, but. Anyway, we'll 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 figure something out for an episode. But Stephen Van Patten says seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, seven. Like, what, so what do you want? You want like the further adventures of Brad Morgan and what was in the box? He's like, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, author Chris Philbrook says Dark City. Absolutely awesome pick. I love that movie. I love that movie. I would love to see another. I would love to see a sequel to Dark City. I don't know that movie. Seen that, but yeah, directed by it. Alex Proyas, the same guy who did The Crow. Awesome movie. Oh, nice. nice. Yep. George Brennan says Steel Dawn or Split Second. Motherfucker stole one of my movies. I was going to totally say Split Second, but that's okay. George Brennan's an awesome dude. He posts all the time and he deserves to steal that every, every, every day. It's totally fine. Every, every damn day. I love Split Second starring Rudger Hauer. I would love to have seen another freaking movie with uh, Harley Stone. I, I I just love that movie. And you never got to see like really what the deal was with the monster. I right. have no idea it, what it, it was. Just, it, it's there. It exists. Yep. Totally weird. Our buddy Phil Conti says, because the last Starfighter is finally happening, that was going to be his pick. Um, he picked John Carter, District 9, and Dune. Obviously, Ooh. there's going to be a remake of Dune, but he's he's saying he wants a, a sequel to the original David Lynch Dune. So, and John Carter was another one of my picks. I really love that movie. Yes, I, I wish there was a sequel to John Carter. I, I think that'd be great. Um, unfortunately, that movie did not make anywhere near did as not. much money as it cost to make. It was like with no. with the hundred million dollars they spent in in marketing it, it was like three hundred and fifty million. Oh my god! Wow. 
Oh it's, uh, my it's like God. Total worldwide gross was only like 220 million. I mean, Which it's is still just, good, but they just spent so damn much money on it. Close, yeah, they lost great. a lot of money. Great movie, though. Uh, Santino Mancibo says Hancock, the um, superhero Will Smith movie. I agree that with that. Cool, they, that was a cool movie. A lot yeah. of world building in that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was a fun movie, and I, I totally agree with that. Samuel Carmack says My Bloody Valentine. Josh Neelis, who we just had in the brig, BT dubs. You want to go check that out? It's our current episode, actually, right before. Well, this is our current that you're listening to now, but the one right, right, before this this one, <laughs> one right before this one is the, the brig starring Josh Neelis. And, and for the record, I do not have to put in the sound effect in our mainline episodes. So bleh. he says, Jumper, the Golden Compass, Last Airbender, or Waterworld. I hate all of those movies. I disagree completely. <laughs> Justin Bustle says, let the right one in, Super Mario Brothers, or Teeth. Teeth? Uh-oh. Oh, my God. Oh, I, tri- no. I tried watching Teeth. I thought that was the stupidest freaking movie. I, I, I watched I it for shock it. value only. It's like it's like watching Human Centipede, right? It's yeah. It's like, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So bad. Uh, Shelby Croto says, Constantine, starring Keanu Reeves once again. Oh, nice. That was going to be one of mine. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Doug Cross says Big Trouble in Little China. Another one of mine that I was going to pick. That's an awesome, awesome pick. Who mm-hmm. wouldn't love to hop back aboard the Porkchop Express? Come on. I say oh. who? <laughs> Matt McIrvin says The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension is the obvious answer. <laughs> yep, Jason, obvious. Jason Lewis says Labyrinth or the Dark Crystal. Hey, at least we got the Dark Crystal show. That was a yeah. Uh, if you treat that as a sequel, that that was a pretty amazing sequel. Yeah, uh, or a prequel, a but movie. so that's pretty cool. I love that we're getting sequel series to old things. Oh hell yeah, Cobra yeah, Kai and stuff. Yeah, awesome stuff. Uh, Randy Carter says the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings cartoon, which is fair because it didn't end. And then they went back to the other studio, which was Rankin Bass, who had done the Hobbit cartoon. And they did, they like finished it with the return of the King, but the Ralph Bakshi cartoon um, never, never got you know, it finish. just, it just stops. Huh? So that's so true. Weird. Yeah. Um, Josh Tate says the journey of Natty Gan. My God, what a deep cut. Holy crap. This was a made for TV movie. I remember the, that. It's like the very first I think it was John Cusack's first movie ever. Um, Really like a movie I loved when I was a kid. And I just recently watched it with Dr. Matteo just, just a few months ago on Disney plus I noticed it was there and, um, and really like she loved it, but her big takeaway was that they don't resolve everything with the two romantic leads. Uh, John Cusack's character kind of leaves and she's going to like, presumably meet back up with him and she was legitimately really bummed and talked about it for a while after that they didn't meet back up huh he's like i cannot believe they didn't go back to him and i said yeah you know you 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 think that they would but you you understand that she probably will see him again and she's like yeah but you know you want to see it so it's like yeah they they were they're absolutely a, a sequel there like totally yeah um derek albertelli said robot jocks then he also said he was just kidding but i said tough titties i'm saying it anyway no take backs right no take backs (laughs) man justin cooper says dylan dog dead of night or batman 
dead end. So he likes things with colons and, and the dead. word dead. <laughs> I mean, I love my colon. It's very uh, Batman Dead End, of course, is that famous fan film uh, directed by Sandy Cholera, who uh, I don't know. It's just a famous movie where he fights aliens and predators. He fights an alien and predator. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. Uh, from the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely uh, cool, though. You know, whatever. Yeah. Pauline says Willow, a movie she loves so dearly. She named her her daughter Elora after Elora Dannon. Elora Dannon. Elora. <laughs> um Elora. IRL. Uh or Ender's Game, which is a totally good point. Ender's Game was a fun movie. I never read the book. My wife loves the book. Um, and I know there are other books, but they just I don't know, they only made the one movie. So right. Uh the Queen of the Monsters herself, Miss Ashes von Nightmare, says true lies. Which is a good never seen that movie. Pretty good. Good job. Yeah, uh, Adam Laterno says clue, although it would be probably impossible, or District 9. Okay. Clue would be tough. Mm-hmm. Clue would be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Clue. How, like, how impossible now, thing? but even if you say at the time. Right. Like, what, what would you do? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be right. Tough. Uh, but I uh, love that movie. Uh, Stephanie Adams says Spaceballs. Absolutely 100% agree. Yes. yes. I cannot strongly agree. <clears throat> cannot believe yes. they didn't ever make. In the era for of more the, money, in the era of the prequels, I can't believe they didn't at least do a prequel Spaceballs, or or yeah. the for more money. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Tom Morse Jr. said Stargate, which yeah, I mean, granted they got the show, but the show is pretty different than than the movie. Yeah, didn't feel like a continuation really. It felt like a, a different take on it. Yeah. Um, the movies, I love the movie. Uh, yeah, I, I it was really good. I would love to see another one. Uh, and finally, Alex DiVincenzo says Monster Squad. So we got a couple couple repeat um, ones. You know, number of people said District 9. Number of people said Monster Squad, Labyrinth. Um, you know, so definitely some, uh, some like-minded stuff going on here. And some also some really awesome deep cuts. Thank you guys so freaking much for yeah, uh, coming sure. out and drones. I, I, I think that the, uh, I think, what do we have? Like 171 comments. Uh, yeah. Holy on this crap. Today. It's yeah, crazy. Really, really fun. Oh, oh, uh, oh my God. Just, you know, you're lucky. You're lucky. Derek Lofstrom. He says, uh, I, I just so happened to look just now because I'm looking just now. And I see that he, he posted after the seven o'clock deadline. Oh, you rascal. The rascal. Um, and he says, oh, he's got like a, he's got a shitload. Derek, we don't, we don't run this show to cater to you. Okay. Like I can't be going <laughs> back on the group and checking just in case I mean, we, we got to have, we have to have to have a cutoff time. Night. This is ridiculous. Okay. He says Lebowski feels like an obvious choice. Um, but he also mentions big trouble and he mm-hmm. says, oh, and backdoor sluts number eight, specifically number eight. Oh yeah. Cause where was nine, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree. We're all, yeah. we're all waiting. And for Stephanie it. Adams uh, slid a, a second one under the door. Breakfast Club, forty years later. That's what she wants. Wouldn't so that it, be it, like it, uh, Dinner Club or something? <laughs> yeah, they, they, <laughs> they skipped lunch. We're at dinner now. Um, maybe it's a, no, it's second breakfast. 
It's second breakfast club. Second breakfast. Uh, right, so thank you guys so much. Uh, Friendship let's, comes let's in Let's get back into it. Uh, this is definitely, we've been getting our episodes to be like shorter and shorter. I've been like pretty proud of us. And this one, we blew it out of the water. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's, let's go back. Let, let's, let's do this. To, uh, 8-Bit Alchemy. And what is your second pick? So my, uh, so, so hold on. Wait, do we not get to do our own? votes for the octoponder oh the octoponder let's do the octoponder i'm sorry okay okay so uh so for the octoponder i'm gonna keep it short uh galaxy quest nice uh and also mystery men yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah. awesome uh yeah. i those are the two i needed i didn't want to say both until i i heard everyone's mm -hmm. answers but yes yes yeah. those are those are very much on my list nice joe nice i was surprised no one said the room <laughs> oh hi oh hi Ma. oh hi sequel <laughs> oh, hi, sequel that'll never happen oh, hi, no but my my real pick is uh loaded weapon one loaded weapon because one. i love samuel l jackson and emilio estevez together in that movie i think and it's number like, one and it's number one so right. they could have done something weird they could have done like a negative one or like no they should have gone to loaded they, weapon three Right. Oh, right. Kind of, kind of, kind of like what Nick Gunn did, like two and a two half, and a half and three and a third. three and a third, or whatever. You know, something weird. Yeah, that is Good a uh, a woefully underappreciated comedy. I love. Oh it. yeah, for sure. It's it's one of my favorites. Yeah, of all time. and it's like this, there's great cameos in it, like Tim Curry's in it, and and uh, William Shatner. Um, Whoopi Weirdness Goose. <laughs> <laughs> goose. Uh, so funny. Um, I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome pick. Um, I was I was thinking about comedies for sure. Like one that pops into my head. I mean, Spaceballs is so perfect. One of them that pops into my head for sure is History of the World Part One. So the same yes. sort of a deal. Right. Um, but, you know, I wish there was a part two, but it is kind of almost funnier that there isn't a part two. And that's why right. it's called. It's just right. extra funny for both of them. But still, I'd love to see sequels to both. Um, yeah. but I'm going to go with the long kiss. Good night. And this is a movie nice. we talked about the show on the show before. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, just really great one-off action movie starring Gina Davis and her character, Charlie Baltimore was really fucking badass, And I would love to see her reprise that role even today. Um, mm -hmm. I honestly, one of the ones I was thinking of that nobody mentioned, but maybe it's for this reason is Demolition Man. I love Demolition Man. So oh, yes. That is an awesome yes. movie. It is actually getting a sequel. Oh, oh no shit. After okay. all these years, uh, Stallone confirmed that um, that they're making a second one. He's going to be... His character's name was awesome. It was John Spartan. Great name. That is a great uh, name. Yeah, really yeah. cool flick. Um, you know, obviously... Uh, the bad guy was Simon Phoenix, played by Wesley Snipes. Really cool. Just always remembered that name too mm -hmm. really cool name dennis leary was in that and sandra bullock hot off her debut well not her debut but her big debut in speed she was uh she was a a nobody at that point it's kind of funny now but uh, oh wow yeah, i didn't realize speed was her first thing yeah i think yeah. It, I, I think it was her first big thing first you know, big thing. i don't first big movie yeah first movie but that is that's cool that was a movie that that Took her career off. Like yeah. put Sandra Bullock on the map. She's on Absolutely. the map. Yeah, yeah. After Speed for sure. All right. So uh, movie number two, Eight Bit Go. Uh, okay, guys. So I'm gonna keep this, you know, relatively brief here. Uh, I'm gonna go with Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh yeah. 
Uh, I mean, this movie, you know, we, we got to talk about with our, our coverage of Bill and Ted, uh, you know, last season. Um, but this movie just is one of the greatest sequels of all time that feels like a movie that shouldn't have existed because of just the the sheer, you know, lightning in a bottle that was the first one. Yes, and it's like, how, how in the world do you do a sequel to Excellent Adventure? Like, it's so it's so singular. It's so specific. Right. And you have to just it, like get more right, you, right, different just, people for their college report. Like exactly. what do you do? Right. right. The right. the plot could be so stupid. So it's like, oh, you know, what you know, if you if you heard that they're doing a sequel, it's it would be one of those where you're just like, why? Why bother? There's no room for that. And so Bogus Journey just absolutely expertly navigates doing a sequel by throwing out, you know, the entire premise of the first movie. You know, it's like we're we're not doing that at all. You know, we we are having right, the these characters is, is totally is, different. We're rewriting the formula. We have the characters. They have you know the magic of Bill and Ted being buds is is the fuel for this series. Yeah. So like you know in, instead it's all about this you know utopian future that they created with their music and this you know evil guy who uh you know who is the evil gym teacher uh, Nomalos who wants yeah. to uh, who wants to basically Chuck. be like you know. Chuck, Chuck Denomalous. <laughs> right, right. Chuck Denomalous. <laughs> like, okay, I hate this utopia. I want to send evil robot versions of Bill and Ted back in time to absolutely jack up their life and their friendship and everything they had going on so that they never make the music that solves, you know, war and crime and, and makes this utopia. And, uh, and yeah, so that, you know, the evil robot uses, as they're called, go back in time and they, they, completely screw up bill and ted's life to the point you know they kill them and it's like they die they go to hell they have to live through their own you know personal hells it's like holy shit you know this is like this is crazy this is dark they meet death death becomes easily you know like one of the best characters to be introduced in a sequel ever like he's just friggin great yeah and uh and you know it's like oh my god you see their dynamic and you're like wait how was he not a part of the equation all along and then you go and watch the first one again and you're like but it doesn't have death like it's <laughs> it's just it really just did so much for their dynamic absolutely and uh yeah yeah it's like it is such a successful sequel it's just crazy and it's like you watch them side by side uh you know i think i think the sequel definitely had some more like metal tunes in it because they could you know yeah. lean into it with them going to hell and everything and uh and you know the the imagery was was intense for some of the parts you know it was like it's mm. always fun and goofy but you know it, it got you know pretty crazy they did some great practical effects with the the robot versions of them yep. and you know they go to heaven afterward they, they eventually meet the you know the smartest beings in the world they meet station and uh and they they make their own you know good robot uses and there's this it's just a completely different adventure that like you on paper you're like this this just could be any other movie what the hell is this but it it perfectly fits in with the universe it it just is one of the best sequels ever made it's so yeah. damn good i it's really good i absolutely agree and I, yeah. I always have said this because on the surface that saying that this is one of the best sequels ever sounds so stupid and so ludicrous. Right, right. Because you're like, what a stupid, it like, but it's just what stupid Bill and I Ted. I want a sequel to do. Right. Which is to yep. reinvent itself, use the characters that you love, but do not just rehash all the same scenes in different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is again, like it's one of those movies where I could watch over and over and over again and not get tired of it. Yep. It's so freaking good. I mean, the, the two for both of these movies is just so much fun to watch. There's so much to love. And, uh, and yeah, honestly, it, it just, it does not rest on its laurels. It says, if we're going to make this work, we have to do something radically different. And I mean, you know, I wouldn't say it's as radical or, or maybe Gremlins 2 wasn't as radical as a departure. Both were horror comedies and stuff. And, and these are both comedies, but the plot is is still, you know, the threads of the plot are still there with Gremlins. But with Bill and mm. Ted, it's like, this is a totally different vibe. Like, this is just yeah. 100% yeah. different. For sure. And uh, yeah, they, they did a hell of a job. It's it's fantastic. Yep. Angry. Yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome pick. Awesome pick. And if you guys are into Bill and Ted, we have a fun episode, as 8-Bit alluded to. If you just scroll back down. We do have a really uh, we did we did two actually because we did mm-hmm. a crow's nest after we saw Bill and Ted three face the face music. the music yep we after did that came so out they... so we have a crow's nest just kind of our thoughts on that movie and then we have a mainline episode um, that's called be excellent to each other and I'm not sure what the number is but you can find it right fun stuff and we just kind of all just you know share our feelings we've all been fans of these movies for a long time yeah yep for Pretty sure. Good. Nintan, what you got for your second right. Uh Yeah, so this is going to be really short. It's not a very long movie. So uh, the, the next movie I picked is Wayne's World 2, hmm. a movie that we've actually a, a franchise we've never talked about on the show that ever. That is true. It's weird. We, ever. we I know. Like, how, how did we And we that? like Wayne's World, too. A lot. Like, yeah. We, yeah, yeah both, we haven't ever mentioned it. Yeah, like both movies are fantastic. Uh, the The, the uh, the premise of Wayne's World 2 is Wayne has a dream where Jim Morrison shows up and tells him to uh, start a concert or like put on a, a festival or something. And uh, so he tries to do that. He tries to do that. He tries to, you know, book bands and nothing's working out. And uh, Cassandra is uh, making it big in the music industry uh, she's you know she's gonna get signed by this big record label and everything, and uh, Wayne gets jealous because she's spending more time with the record producer, and you know, he thinks that you know she's having an affair with him and everything, and uh, of course, who, who's the, who is it? Is it Christopher Walken? Christopher Walken. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the record producer. And uh, does he ask her for more cowbell? No. Oh my god, that that's a missed opportunity right there. They should have done that. Um. Yeah, so he tries to put on this this festival. None of the bands are signing up. He had like literally like thousands, like tens of thousands of tickets to sell. No one was buying, and uh, and I mean things eventually end up working out. You know, Aerosmith shows up at the end of the movie. Um, they they do go see Aerosmith in the beginning of the movie. So they're they're kind of like in the movie twice in the beginning and at the end, which is really cool. Um, they didn't have uh, too many lines in the movie. Um, Pearl Jam uh, showed up as well, but they had like, oh, I think they're in the movie for like a, a split second near the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, the whole point of the movie is for Wayne to realize that Cassandra will love him no matter what, because you no, know, he's on his own now and like, he doesn't know what he's doing with his life. And so Jim Morrison's like, no, to start this, no, start a festival. And 
he ends up, you know, it, it fails. Originally it fails. And it was just supposed to be a learning experience for, for Wayne. So in Wayne's world fashion, they do multiple endings. Wasn't it, like wasn't they, it called, wasn't it called Wayne stock? Wayne stock. Yes. Wayne stock. Wayne stock. <laughs> Wayne stock. So they, they do like two, two different endings. They do a Thelma and Louise ending where they're, they're in the car. <laughs> they're, dre- they're, they're dressed up like Thelma and Louise. <laughs> And I know they run off the cliff and everything, and they're falling off the cliff. And 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 God's like, "This is too sad. We shouldn't end the movie like this. Let's <laughs> let's do the the let's do the happy ending." So the happy ending was uh, Wayne uh, finding Cassandra because she was she was going to marry the the record producer, and uh, uh, so he gets her back. They go back to the festival, and Aerosmith just randomly shows up. They just show up and in this weird looking limousine that looks like Wayne's car. Uh, so, and they, they play a show and it, was, and it becomes like a huge freaking success. And I don't know. It was just a really good movie. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, really nothing much to say about it except for you know, the whole process of them getting this. Right. That's the basic plot. It, it's just right. And, and it's just, yeah. it is a great movie. It There's a, a lot movie. of funny, very, very funny that are like, truly funny gags that they came up with they weren't just repeating themselves and right right felt very different than the first one right right and my my favorite scene by far is with um cassandra's father what's his name uh in the movie uh fuck uh that asian actor i can't remember his name right 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 uh, uh J- james george james hong james hong james hong, james hong yeah so they <laughs> wayne meets james hong in in uh wayne's loft or whatever and uh that was a really funny part i forgot about that. yeah super, yeah, super funny super part funny. so so yeah. he so this guy thinks that wayne is not worthy to be cassandra's lover or boyfriend or husband or whatever so so he says uh he has to fight him <laughs> and and wayne's like well the only way we can do this is is if no we we dub it <laughs> So, <laughs> so they're totally doing this whole parody of like you no know, really bad English dubbing of a Japanese movie. It is yeah. so freaking hilarious. Right. Freaking love it. Uh, James Hong, star of 441 Things. Jesus Crazy. Christ. Yes. What a God. Yeah. He's in fucking everything. Like, yeah. Holy shit. Absolutely insane! What a career! He, and he's ninety-two years old. I know, and he's just a gem. That's crazy, and of course, yeah, he's a gem. The, for the sure. Kung Fu Pandas as well. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the dad. He's the duck who duck. makes ramen the duck noodles. Dad, he's the best. The dad, it's so funny. He's I the dad. Him. Love him. Oh, Paul. oh, and I also want to mention stay here and make noodle with me. <laughs> I also want to add real quick. This is the first movie that I can think of that had a mid-credit scene. Oh, where after after the, the concert, you know, you see the 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 there's a weird uh, naked Indian guy that shows up in the, in the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, he shows who's, up here who's and there. riffing on that uh, that famous Th- uh, that 
com- the, 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 the commercial sad crying the, the sad, yeah the sad, the sad crying indie that we talked about in our our uh, commercials yeah remember yes. commercials. Uh, what do we call it public service PSA is public service, service. Yeah, yeah PSA yes. yeah 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 so so they do that whole thing you know you know he's he's in the field with the concert you know it just took place like it's trash everywhere and he's looking around someone drives by with a truck and they just throw like two bags of trash like right in front of him. They land like right at his feet, and he kind of, he looks up at the the camera. The camera like pants to that one eye. You have that one perfect tear, <laughs> just going down. And when he's like, "No, no way!" Uh, God's like, "Hey, you don't have to cry. We'll clean up." Right. So they start they start like just just the two of them. They're just picking away, just grabbing the trash. Hey, don't cry. Hey? We're gonna clean up. <laughs> yeah. So I I thought that that was really cool. Funny, yeah. Really, really funny. Yeah. I haven't seen Wayne's World one or two in a million years. Oh my god, yeah. so long! But yeah. those are those are movies I saw over and over and over at the time, like in the nineties. Yeah, I saw them so many times, and then just not uh, none since. I don't think I've seen either past the nineties, honestly. Yeah, yeah, right. same here. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I, I I watched this one last night for the first time since the nineties. Yeah, and it's still funny. I still think that's it's funny. hilarious. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm really, I'm glad because, you know, sometimes things don't hold up and, you know, you want them yeah. to, but they don't always, they don't always. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway. Cool. All right, guys. Awesome. So uh, ending things, I will give my second movie, which is one of my favorite uh, in my top, you know, 10 movies for sure of all time. And it's been in the top 10 my whole life, pretty much. Uh, and that is aliens. So I did a little bit of a theme with uh, obviously Predator and Aliens. I thought that'd be fun, but yeah. you know, Predator Two was a little disappointing. Uh, as I said, I didn't think it was better than the first one. I love the first Predator a lot. Second one I think is cool, but you know, definitely not as good. But Aliens is, you know, to say whether or not I like it more than Alien One um, is is like impossible for me to do because uh, they are so different. They're different genres. They're different. They're, they're accomplishing different things. They're trying to accomplish different things. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is a very slow, very, you know, claustrophobic experience. It's just, just terror. Um, this is a, an action movie. This is just a big shoot 'em up military action movie. I mean, this is like with monsters. I mean, it's, it's awesome. So they're mm-hmm. so freaking different. Um, and I mean, the pace is, is completely different too. This is much, much faster paced. Yeah. Also a very long movie um, for, for, you know, the type of movie that it is. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, James Cameron, you know, obviously did this movie. I mean, freaking coming off the hill, hill, hills, no, the heels of heels. Terminator. And he was just like riding on top of the freaking world for a little while. There was like the sci-fi action guy. And uh, wow, what, I, I love this movie so goddamn much. So anyway, this came, this was 1986. Alien, uh, the first Alien was 1979. So it took him a while to get this out. And I guess the studio really didn't want to do a sequel to Aliens or to Alien, I should say. Um, they didn't really think it was going to work. They didn't really have a lot of faith. They didn't really care. They didn't really want to do it. Um, <clears throat> so I'm glad that it eventually did happen and happened this way. So returning uh, from the first movie, we just simply have Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley. And this movie also stars Michael Bean as Corporal Hicks, completing part two of the Cameron, Michael Bean, Holy Trinity, the Terminator, Aliens, and the Abyss trilogy of sci-fi 80s movies. Ooh. They did. Wow. Um, 
And of course, he's he is a, a hero character in the first two, but he is not a hero in the abyss. And honestly, he didn't really play a good guy very often in his career. So it's kind of funny that he was uh, his his like, I think his probably three most memorable roles are probably uh, Terminator from Terminator Aliens and Tombstone. Um mm where he was a bad guy right he was, he was a good guy in the first two so that's kind of cool uh also we have paul riser as the total dickish carter jay burke he's just called burke the whole time he's such a fucking slime ball uh mm-hmm. and the amazing lance henriksen whose birthday it actually was the day before we recorded this he just turned 91 uh he plays bishop wow who's the the new android of the movie and he is always been my favorite character in this movie love mm-hmm. bishop so freaking much yep um bill paxton is in this as private hudson it's kind of cool he was in both this and predator 2 both movies i picked and uh carrie hen as rebecca they mostly come out at night mostly (laughs) jordan and let me tell you from what i read you do not want to say that line to her if you meet her on the street oh my god he has fucking heard it she knows She's like, (laughs) she gets it. Um, So at the beginning of this movie, you know, at the end of the last movie, basically to catch you all up, uh, Ripley is the only survivor of the Nostromo, who, which is a ship that's out in space and they pick up this alien life form, kills everybody on board. And it's just her and the cat Jonesy. And then like, uh, she thinks she killed it. And then it turns out she didn't. And then she blows it out the airlock and uh it's just her and like this little escape pod so she's just set adrift uh you know in space and she has no idea what's going to happen but the thing is that the escape pod is like it doesn't have a lot of fuel um or resources so she's got to just put herself to sleep so she's hoping that she'll be picked up and she says in a couple of weeks she's gonna be in where there's like trade routes and hopefully somebody will come by and get her. Well, it turns out that at the beginning of the second movie, she's actually been adrift in space for 57 years. Wow. It's a long time, guys. Long time. Long time. Um, But she's eventually, uh, you know, she's, she's picked back up, brought back to earth. Then they, uh, you know, they convince her to go back and there's this whole plot involving how well there's this, uh, the planetoid where they found the alien life form on. And the first movie is now um, uh, there's there's a colony on there. There's settlers, not of Catan, but of uh, LV 426. Um, not SR 388. It doesn't it doesn't quite roll off the tongue as, as well, but it's it's all right. It, it's what it is. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, she so so Ripley is like, you guys are, are insane. You're telling me there's there's settlers. There's freaking there's there's monsters on that planet. They're all dead. They're going to die. They're dead. They're dead. And everybody's like, "Oh no, everything's fine. Everything's fine." Like uh, we had a uh, like, communication up till like yesterday, and then and then somebody's like, "Actually, uh, they missed that communication." Uh, oh, oh, did they? And so then it turns out like, "Oh well, something might be wrong. Uh, we're gonna send a rescue mission up just in case. Why don't you come with us? Because you know, you know, you know about these organisms and stuff." And uh, of course, she doesn't want to go, but then they convince her, and then so she's on her way back up, and uh, you know, hijinks ensues. Pretty cool. So it, it, you know, she goes up there with a, a cadre of uh, space marines, and uh, they are just really freaking memorable, awesome characters. Uh, they're really, really fun. Um, 
you know, uh, obviously Hicks and, and Hudson are, are two of them. And, and, uh, it's just a bunch of it's like, you know, Vasquez and Drake and, and there's, there's like a lot of fun scenes with the Marines. And one of the things I thought was cool. I read about was, um, the last scene, you know, cause film, movies are filmed out of order, you know, they right, don't, yes. you know, film yeah. a movie scene one to scene final. Um, and so I guess, uh, Cameron, uh, I think this is just so smart of him. He filmed the final scene that they filmed was the first scene where we meet the Marines, where they are all working together as a unit. They've, they clearly know each other. They're all like a family. They all, you know, uh, have their jokes and their, their nicknames and their jabs and their, you know, rubs and like, uh, just lobbing insults at each other, just in a friendly way. Anyway, he filmed that last. So they would get a chance to know each other over the like filming schedule because it was like 10 months or something or whatever. They, it was a long schedule. I don't know if it was exactly 10, but it was, it was a long schedule. And so I think that's just super cool. I, I thought, yeah. Factoid. Um, but anyway, um, amazing amazing flick you know tons of aliens in this movie whereas the first one only had the one and of course at the very end we we meet the queen which is in my opinion one of the greatest movie monsters of all time uh it was it was just a gigantic puppet it's it to this day it is so ah it's so hard to believe there wasn't cg it it looks perfect Mm. you do not see that in there's no shot of that alien queen that could be improved with CG as proved by the movie AVP when she was fully CG and looked like shit. Right. But this puppet right. is so incredible. It's unfreaking believable. Um, and one of the details I, I love is that she has like translucent teeth for some reason, like the regular Xenomorphs kind of, it almost looks like their teeth are almost metallic, but with her, she actually has like, translucent teeth it almost looks like you could punch her in the teeth and break them or something but it's just interesting and there's a lot of shots where you see the light like coming through and it's just so creepy and they're just dripping with the the saliva and stuff and i don't know there's just such a such a neat touch but um anyway really really awesome movie i'm not going to get into the plot it's very involved but um it all centers around uh one central theme which is motherhood and uh, she, you know, finds this little girl and becomes her surrogate mother and the little girl's parents are all dead and all that stuff. Uh, also, you have the alien queen who is the mother of the aliens. And you have um, also uh, there was a deleted scene. It's a famously deleted scene. And it is back in the special. They did a special edition. And uh, uh, I mean, I have it. Um, I have it on DVD in the, it was a, the, the original alien quadrilogy was such a fucking awesome package. It had like mm-hmm. two versions of all four movies and they were the director's cuts and the, the theatrical cuts. And uh, anyway, one of the deleted scenes in this one, you, when she's, when Ellen first awakes on earth before she leaves again, there's a scene with her and Paul Reiser. And uh, she learns that she, well, we learned that she had a daughter. And she um, is asking about her daughter, you know, and this is before she learns that she's been in space for 57 years. And um, so he actually ends up telling her that, uh, well, her daughter uh, died an old lady last year. Of oh, cancer. man. And it really is just so fucking uniquely sad. Like, 
God. Yeah. Gutting. No kidding. Your daughter died like of uh, an older woman than you are. Like, how does this track? It's right. So uh, just really cool. So again, that's that sort of opens the wound of motherhood. And then it eventually ends with her. You know, she I mean, she really fights for Newt in this movie. The little girl Um, really, really fights for for and very, very early on adopts her and as you know, becomes her protector and clearly has a bond with her. Really, really touching stuff. While all this crazy monster shooting shit with Marines and, and aliens and stuff is, uh, uh, I don't know, rape eggs, alien rape eggs, all this, all this stuff, all this stuff's going on. Uh, but anyway, so uh, some trivia. Sigourney Weaver's Best Actress Academy Award nomination for this movie was the first ever for an actress in a role in an action movie. She was nominated. Oh, she did wow. not win, but still pretty cool. Um, according to Bill Paxton, he improvised most of his lines, including game over, man, game over. And we're on an express elevator to hell going down. (laughs) The word fuck is used 25 times in the film. 18 of them are spoken by Hudson. Wow. (laughs) And apparently he, uh, he felt really bad every time he had to swear in front of the little girl. And like every single time would stop and apologize to her. And later she was interviewed and she's like, it was okay. I didn't understand anything that he was saying that. (laughs) Right. I'm, I'm so young. I don't really get like like, the connotation of that. Like it's fine. Um, Al Al Matthews, who plays Sergeant Apone in this film was in real life, the first black Marine to be promoted to the rank of Sergeant in the field during service in Vietnam. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. A deleted scene. Uh, the portrait of Ripley's daughter that I mentioned earlier is actually a picture of Elizabeth Inglis, Sigourney Weaver's real life mom. Oh, whoa. Oh. That's super cool. When the crew is getting dressed after waking up from hypersleep, Hudson says, Hey, Vasquez, have you ever been mistaken for a man? To which Vasquez answers, No, have you? This is borrowed from a Hollywood legend involving columnist Earl Wilson and actress Tallulah Blankhead. No, Bankhead. He supposedly, according to the legend, asked, have you ever been mistaken for a man? To which she replied, no, darling, have you? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And finally... um, Despite his disappointment at not being asked to return for the sequel, original alien designer H.R. Giger was complimentary of the Queen's design. Later commenting, I like the fight at the end very much. The alien queen is very complicated, and I like the way uh, it's like the way I would have done. I like how she moves, and the scenes with Ripley are very good. So wow. I sort of always wondered about that because he's. Hmm so mentioned with the first one oh He's right so synonymous with it and it's like wait wait did he do all of them no no just the first one okay that's funny i didn't know that he was only on the first one right so he created this, the look of the xenomorph and then they made this monster version this t-rex version um they turned a velociraptor into a t-rex like how what did he think about that right. but I, 
I'm, I am happy to, to, to have the knowledge in my brain that, that he actually, he dug it. I think that's great. Yeah, totally. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, that's that that's aliens. I'm not going to say more on that. I'm sure uh, everybody's already seen it anyway, but it is one of my favorite movies. And I think it's one of the greatest sequels of all time. As far as of whether or not time. it's better than the original alien, that is up to you. Yeah. Right. I, I haven't seen those movies in so long. I should go back and watch at least the first three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched um, the first two recently with uh, Dr. Matteo and um, she really liked them. Um, nice. Yeah. She, she really, really liked them a lot. Um, awesome. And then, you know, she, she asked me about predator uh, because it came up and I was like, eh, I don't know. I feel like Predator is all like so, so off color jokes and so machismo. Like, I don't really want to watch the scene where, where the, Shane Black's like telling the, the joke about the girlfriend with the big pussy, pussy, pussy. I don't know. So I'm like, I don't <laughs> right. know. it's like, yeah, maybe when you're a little older. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's, we, it's watched, fine. <laughs> we did watch AVP. And I was like, I was like, she's like, oh my god, there's there's a movie with both. And I'm like, yeah, we have it. She's like, oh, can we watch that? I'm like, sure, let's just watch that one because that one's innocent. It's just dumb. And yeah, uh, right. I'm like, it's not great, but you know, it's it's whatever. It's fun. Yeah. At the end, she like 100% agreed. She's like, mm, yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. It was a movie. She's like, yeah, I watched it. <laughs> not as good as the other ones absolutely absolutely true yeah um so anyway guys that's been the show um uh if i'm if if my watch my 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 watch list wrist is uh is right (laughs) then uh it looks like it's almost time to catch that horizon but before we say goodbye let's go to the hello and welcome to the dorkening podcast network Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, The New and Improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the... last 20 minutes of the movie that that's what right. the game is it's fucking monsters tearing up a fuck a fucking city secret underground hideouts cinema with harrison smith dorks the podcast the dorkening black and white fright the wicked horror show subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found for more information check out the Hello, this is Tom Kenny, voice actor, uh, the voice of the Ice King on Adventure Time, and SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah, meow. Oh, Gary the Snail, too. Hey, guess what you're filling your eye holes and ear holes with? The Dorkening! Oh, I love the Dorkening. Very popular in Ooh. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, 
Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You got your spiked gauntlets, you got your bullet belt, you got your leather jacket and your denim, you got your hairspray, well put them on, cause it's time for another edition of Power to the Metal. What's up everyone, this is Nintendo, and I am back with another Power to the Metal segment. And on this segment, I'm going to talk about a, a brand new band that I literally discovered this year. Like five they, minutes ago. Like, yeah, like actually, like, like while Steve was talking, I just discovered. <laughs> like I listened this band. to their whole. And I, was, and I listened and I listened to this album like several times. So they have five songs. So they, they have like like they have like twelve songs, and I listened to them all at, at the same time, just okay, to cut awesome. time in half. What's the band? Uh, the band is called Icon of Sin. I've and heard of this band. Yes, Icon this of band, Sin. Icon of Sin. So this is a band that just came out. They're from Brazil, and the the singer of this band, his name is Rafael Mendes, and he sounds exactly, exactly, exactly like Bruce Dickinson. Oh wow. Oh, also, real quick, I know why I've heard of Icon of Sin. It's because it's the last guy in the first Doom game. <laughs> that must See, be a reference. I wonder 100%, if that's a reference. 100%. Yeah. I was going to say, wait, they're way too new. I don't know this because of the band. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, the Icon of Sin was the last boss of Doom. Huh. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so, yeah, they just came out. This Their the first album came out uh, last month on April oh. 16th. Um, I've seen a couple of their videos. Uh, awesome stuff. It's really traditional heavy metal. Um, they have like a little bit of like an Iron Maiden feel uh, because of the vocals and like I- I'm hearing like some Hammerfall in there too. Like yeah. very, very little like hints of it. So well, the, the songs, the songs that I recommend are actually the the singles that they came out with. I mean, the, the album is fantastic. I love this album. But definitely the my two favorites are Shadow Dancer and Nightbreed. So I highly recommend you guys checking those songs out first and then mm-hmm. go to like Spotify or YouTube or whatever and you can like listen to the whole album there. Solid song names too. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. I just wanted to keep this really short because I know we're running really late. So yeah. So check out Icon of Sin. Icon of awesome. Sin. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I remember you let me uh, you let me hear uh, one of the songs and uh, yeah, that was uh, not... Shadow Dancer. Yeah. Okay, I, di- I didn't remember the name of the band, but I remember the Bruce Dickinson guy. He sounded yes. just like him. Yeah, yeah, like fucking dead on. Yeah, dead huh. on. It's crazy. Yeah, more dead yeah, on than cool. Machine Men. Uh, yes. Much oh yeah, yeah. Much more. Like, okay. Much okay. More. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like you would think that this is a Bruce yeah. Dickinson solo yeah. album. Yeah, this the is... Machine Men guy was like evocative. Evocative. This guy just yeah. sounds like him. Yeah, like, that's cool. Like yeah. tone wise and everything's like awesome. fucking dead on. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, all right, that's awesome stuff. So check out that band if you guys are so inclined. Uh, Tasty Prome section of the the program. Uh, I will just I will just drop a quick Tasty Prome, and that is uh, my book Mark of the Witchworm is now available on Audible. If Got you it. guys are fans of Audible or audiobooks or whatever, if you have it. Uh, consider my book. It's, it's, uh, 10 plus hours of sword and sorcery goodness read by the author guy. That's me. Uh, I pretty much spent all of October and November recording this damn thing. So 
if uh, you are interested at all and you like audiobooks, uh, consider uh, spending a credit on Mark of the Witchworm. Um, I certainly would appreciate it. Indeed. Yeah. Nice. Have a good dude. time. Indeed. Have a good it's time. Every, every review so far is five stars. That's all I'm saying. Hey, not Hell bad. yeah. Raising that not roof, bad. yo. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Raise that roof. Raise it. Get Raise freaky it, with it. So I'll do a quick promo for our YouTube channel, which you guys should check out. Uh, just look up Retro Octopus on YouTube, and we have a bunch of videos on there that you guys should definitely check out. And I also have my very own YouTube channel, which is Nintendo 25. And uh, I haven't done anything in a couple weeks, but uh, yeah, pretty soon I'll be uh, putting out some content. And uh, in a quick announcement, I will be doing a collab- collaboration video with JLove81, which we've had. Nice. Uh, actually, no, we have not had her on on our show, but she's been on the uh, Retrogamia Retrogamia show, which is also on the Retro Redoxifus channel and on my own personal channel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you guys yeah, we check gotta, it out whenever it comes out, and uh, yeah, we gotta have her. We gotta have her on. Yeah, definitely. Oh, have to have on this show. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and we were talking about this a little bit off mic, but you know, whatever we can, we can announce stuff. We can announce ideas. Um, then the new season of Castlevania is coming out in a very short amount of time. It should be out. Uh, I think by the the time this is out, I think it's going to be out actually by the time that, that, that week. Yep. It's coming out this week. Um, so we were, you know, we're, we're big fans and this is going to be the last season of at least the current incarnation. They've been kind of coy about saying maybe there'll be right. some continuation. People are assuming like, may, well, maybe there's going to be like a, a different Belmont will take over. Maybe Simon, maybe Leon, maybe R- Richter, like who knows, who knows what they'll do. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, I, I'm hoping for a Simon show as a follow-up. I think that'd be great, but who knows? Mm-hmm. But this is definitely the last incarnation, last uh, season of this incarna- incarnation. I'm I'm really freaking excited. We're all really excited. And and uh, Nintendo decided that he wanted to do a series of videos on it. So I think what we're going to do is like watch the new season and just try it out and like digest three episodes at a time and put out like yeah. mini like videos, reaction videos of all of us. Yeah, just, just kind of yeah. keep it like, up with it as we're watching it. Basically, just kind of fun. Mm-hmm. See if people like it. See, you know, maybe we'll do this with uh, with maybe other shows or something if if uh, people dig it. And uh, yeah, could be fun. So look yeah. out for that as well. Absolutely, indeed, pretty fun. So all right, I think that pretty much wraps up the episode. Yeah, that wraps Retro it up. Yeah. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you have enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome if you liked what you heard please hit that little subscribe button and like us on facebook and twitter and uh you know hey you know as uh, as well as being part of the inebriart podcast network the retro dr Bacephala podcast is also as you know full-fledged member of the dorkening podcast network and can now be heard on hellfire radio pretty cool so if you get a chance, please check out some of our sister shows like the Wicked Horror Show, that's, that Strange Show, Super Retro, Throwback Reviews, Shark Bites, Amalga Files, Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. I don't know. There's a ton of awesome shows on the Dorkening. There's over 30 shows at this point. Absolutely insane. Um, I mean, none of them are as cool as we are, but I mean, I might be bad. I might be biased. I don't know. I, I have been known to talk out my ass too. So there's also that there's a potential there anyway, but for more information <laughs> or to subscribe to us or any of these awesome shows, please visit the 
I have been your host, Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve Van Sampson, a.k.a. the guy who can't get his landing on the outro sometimes because it's late. It's late and it's hard. And, and speaking's hard after a long week at 1030. And it is indeed a sad thing. Major Adventures have ended.